welcome to episode 308 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. Today we are in the Batcave, as normal, and um, this is pretty soon after the most recent one, com comparatively speaking. I was just thinking, it, it's <laughs> taken us about as much time to do three, uh, three, to do eight episodes as it did to do the first 300. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, at least this is better than quarterly at this stage, isn't it? I mean, this one, it's what, like a month since the last one? It's not too bad. Yeah, not too bad. It's slow. I mean, there is perceptible per emotion. December you 4th. You can't perceive it. The, we published the last one on December 4th. Okay. And we're now Jan 13th, so... That's pretty good. Rounded that's, down to a month. Yeah, that's pretty good, I think. <laughs> Although by the time I finish the notes and publish it, it'll probably that's be six. True. It'll probably be six weeks. Okay. I'll tell you what, the notes is a, that's a lag time. We should just put it out and then you retrospectively do the notes. Yeah, then I'll never do it. All right, fair enough. I just uh I'll I'll try. I'll try and do better. You just gotta keep bugging me. Okay. Well, see, the thing is it takes a while because I gotta go through the whole damn thing and listen yeah. to listen to it and find find out stuff that we said or trying to remember i always forget yeah i don't know well anyway so yeah what's what's new what's cooking crypto crypto's cooking let's talk about crypto. crypto's in the oven crypto <laughs> crypto's cooking <laughs> so, all right so you, you're not cooking uh, you're not cooking crack you're cooking some uh cooking some crypto yeah all right so what what's well to i mean i'd like to just talk to you about um crypto in general but what's the uh, what was the guy's name what's the character's name from breaking bad uh walt Walt, no, the real is, yeah, I guess you're Brian like Brian Cranston. Yeah, you're like the Walt of crypto. <laughs> <Yeah>. Maybe. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's let's see. Well, so no, I just want to talk, I was going to talk a little bit about. I mean, I think that you know, this is something that people should be in. You know, one way or another, like people should put should have something in this because it's it's you know we're we're kind of like we were we were discussing it slightly earlier on today, but. You know, it is a bit like the two the two thousands, right? There's going to be there's if you think about it, the, the two thousand you could make money. You know, if you if you got out at a certain point before the whole thing went yeah went well, bust. Well, <laughs> that's kind of what I you know when I have discussions about this with people. I mean, to sit the whole thing out and kind of pout about it because you don't believe the fundamentals or you think it's a bubble is a missed opportunity. Yeah, and a lot of people do that. They miss, so here's what happens. It's like, and I know the feeling every time that you miss buying something because you could have got it at, at a much much lower price you feel like you can't get in afterwards it's just like wow it's just overpriced now but it still could like 10x or oh, yeah. 3 action where you are so are you're just being silly you know which i did the same thing with uber i turned down the cto position but then within like a month or so i realized i made a mistake but i was like well you know i missed out yeah you know yeah. and i wasn't for another year that i got some equity in it which was just stupid Mm -hmm. You know, and but humans we always do that. We get kind of stubborn. We dig our heels in, and we just decide, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play now because I missed, I missed the ultimate entry point. It's like, well, get something off it. Cut the table. Take something off. You know, or, or get in somewhere. Yeah. You know, I mean, and but at the same time, it's like you, you only want to risk what you can afford to lose. Yeah. That, right. That goes without saying. Um. It should, it should go without saying. Should go saying. A lot of people go all in. Yeah. But it's it's like um I was I was reading I was reading um this article by this guy. I, you may it was on Hacker News a couple weeks ago. You might have seen it. And he was talking about how 
the crypto markets are like the you know the 2000 bubble.com he's like i've mm -hmm. been here before i've seen this before and he he was like in this uh i don't know if he's like in madison but he was in this town in wisconsin and his company got funding and, and got and maybe went public or something and made a lot of money and but all, all his friends and family and a lot of people put money into it because they kind of knew him he was from the hometown and you know he became like a on a paper like worth like you know 20 million or 100 million or something ridiculous but he didn't sell any of it because it would be quote unquote bad optics okay. and then the whole thing with the crash went down to zero and he's like you know it really really sucked because then lots of people in the town you know you know, I kind of almost had a grudge against him as if it was sort of his fault in some way or whatever. But there were some people who came up and thanked him. They're like, yeah, you know, I took, you know, I took money off part of the way, paid for my house, paid for my kid's education or, yeah. or whatever. And so I think it's important that you go in it knowing that, look, there's an opportunity here. There's a lot of volatility. A lot of people getting excited about it. Um, you may get lucky and you know, or you may be smart or lucky or some combination and, and pick an Amazon or an eBay or, or something like that, you know, or you, or you may not, but if you take some money off the table, then even if you, so you have a positive return on it, then it's, it's all good. Right. Mm. And, um, you know, it's one of my favorite sayings in, in trading is bulls and bears make money, but pigs get slaughtered. <laughs> you know, you hold on, you know, it's like, you know, you're, you're holding out for the, you know, you're going to put everything in, you're going all in for good. Well, you're, you're probably, you have a, you're setting yourself up to lose everything. But so you don't want to go all in and put everything in and hold on to the, you know, be like a true believer, but you don't want to be this, you know, wow, you know, everyone's an idiot and it's a bubble and I'm not going to do it. And this is stupid. And then it's like, okay, well, you know, if you're a smart, if you're a smart person, you kind of got, got, you gotten into volatility, made some money in the short term, taking some money off, whether, regardless of whether you believed in it or not, mm. you know, so, you know, go in and, and have like kind of a measured view of, of what it is. And I mean, and so let's, we can get some, I did, but that's just about the trading of it almost, but, and I want to hear some of your thoughts on it. Cause I know you're kind of more of a true believer about some of it than I am because you've done more research on sort yeah. of the underlying technical infrastructure, which I haven't as much. So I just look at it almost as like a, as a, um, as a tradable asset that has a lot of well, volatility. There's, there's some long-term, there's some long, long-term plays, I believe. Um, I mean, you know, who am I? Like, all of a sudden, I'm some like crypto expert. No, not at all. But you actually th read some articles this time, but, huh? But, but there, there's some there's some just basic understanding of of the the space that I think. So what one thing that I have been doing is hanging out on a lot of the different coins um, Reddit's. Okay. And looking at the way that people are talking about this stuff, and noting the kind of thing that they're missing, some really fundamental you know things that they're, that they're missing and what's really interesting is the i find the ripple uh the, the ripple story very interesting you know the xrp yep so so ripple is the one that's kind of got a lot of press and basically uh the market cap got to be second for a little bit you know compared to the others and what and so and that was at around three dollars which is kind of interesting because when you look at um you know, something that people don't understand is like the the market cap versus the amount of tokens issued, you know, versus the potential. So if you think about it, Bitcoin is like, Bitcoin's kind of set a standard in a way, like Bitcoin kind of shows us what's possible. So you look at Bitcoin's market cap and you go, okay, there's the, there's the market cap of Bitcoin. There's 42 million tokens issued there. So this is kind of possible. So even if you, you know, even if you had like, you know, 
100 million tokens issued, it's kind of, you should really divide that into the potential that Bitcoin's shown us. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with Ripple, um, at three bucks, at three bucks, it's already, you know, just, it's, it's already, you know, zoning in on the potential that Bitcoin's shown us. So how's that thing going to go to 10,000 or something like that? You know what I mean? So you see people talking about this on on uh, on Reddit, saying, I'm holding, I'm holding, because it's going to be so successful. You know, this is going to be another Bitcoin. But how can it be another Bitcoin? Because Bitcoin's had 42 million tokens issued. Ripple has had like a trillion tokens issued or whatever it is. Like it's, 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 uh, it's like... It's a very specious understanding of what price means. They don't understand what price means. They right, exactly. It's, so it's like, it's like if I have a stock that's worth $500, right? Yeah, and then I do a hundred to one split, and it becomes a five dollars spot stock, right? And somebody comes into the market, you know, a couple months later, they don't realize it used to be a five hundred dollars stock, and they think, oh, it's cheap, it's only five dollars. Right. You know, it's just they've just split it. I mean, what it number is that? Everything. How? Wh- I I don't even know how to say that number there. That is nine ninety nine Okay, so there are in circulation ninety nine billion plus. So in translation, a lot a versus forty two million bitcoins. Mm-hmm. So in other words, if it if 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 it approached even a thousand dollars for every ripple, it would be like more money than on the planet Earth, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's that's kind of one thing, and I, I think that that as as a as a just kind of basic understanding of what to invest in if you're thinking about holding, I think that should be like the first thing you think about, like. What is the potential of the market cap for this thing? Like, how high can this go realistically? You know what I mean? And I think Bitcoin sets a precedent. And, you know, we, I, I think it's, it's reasonable to think that Bitcoin could go, you know, 3x, 5x where it is now, you know? Um, so that's sort of the... Yeah, the, I hear people saying that. I mean, that, that's, I don't even That sets a precedent in my mind. Like, you can't, you can't be thinking, okay, I'm going to buy this coin just because it's cheap. I think a lot of people are buying the ones that are really cheap because they think, you know. Well, because a lot of people have bought things cheap and, and made like astronomical returns on it, right? And it's like, oh, hopefully, you know, maybe right. it's happened a few more times. And it probably will happen a few more times. Probably will ha- happen, an, a, 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 you know, dozens of it times will, more. But it may not, not hundred, a lot of them. But it's going to happen on the, on the ones where it's possible. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Like it's not going to happen yeah. on Ripple. Ripple is not going to go to a thousand because that would it's just not feasible. Yeah, I mean, you know, as 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 just a first uh, basic understanding of, of these you know, things. So here's the thing: I don't. I'm not even clear on what a lot of what problems a lot of these things are really solving. I hear a lot about you know ledger stuff and blockchain, but I still have yet to hear of some like amazing. Um, let me just say some of of amazing solution it is i feel like it's kind of like a problem looking for, i mean a solution looking for a problem oh, well, so so when i we'll get into that with so that. here so like i know a lot of people come out of like universities like oh we have this technology and we want to market it and i'm like oh that's just not it almost never works yeah so you know but here's the thing i haven't done the research on it yeah okay so i don't have i'm not i don't have a strongly held opinion i don't really have a dog in, in this fight yeah uh, the the way i put it is that you know like i said you know but there's a lot of volatility there is a lot of trading. Uh, there's a lot of trading opportunity. So, what I'm interested in right now is the short-term trading of the volatility, yeah. um, and that's that's what I've been taking advantage of without really having some long-term so, perspective on things. And I know, it, within my view, I, I have a very realistic view that two things could happen: that one, this could continue for quite a while, 
or it could crash suddenly in some in a relatively short period of time. Either of things could happen. So because because it could go up for a long time, I'm still going to keep stuff in the market and, and look opportunity to, to 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 capitalize on it. But because I know it could crash, I've been taking money off the table. So yeah. I have I still have a very uh, you know yeah so return. so you don't really have a dog in the fight yeah well I'm hoping that uh, I can convince you that a Mise Go would should be a dog in the fight for you after this uh, Mise Go a Mise Go OMG I'm hoping that I can convince you that that yeah is the I mean I will so you so you've been you've sent me a paper and you've asked me to read I and I know I haven't gotten around to it just because I've just so many I've been preoccupied with so much other stuff but I, I will look at it so, so no what, worries well do I'll, the pitch what, what, I'll do the pitch well, what first, is OMG why well, why well, should first, I care about it first of all let's just talk about uh, just I just want to just continue that. That that topic of like just top line understanding of um, of of what you you know what you think might be a good thing to even consider being something to pick. So Ripple is kind of I, I find Ripple an interesting one because it's got it's got so one one bad component is the fact that it's already it's already at, at what's well, right now it's two dollars and, and it, there's so many tokens. But a good aspect of it is that it's like heavily backed by some major companies and what it's doing. Basically what it, the whole point of Ripple is to act as like an interchange system for banks so that they can transfer um, different uh, you know, types of currency at a really low rate. So to save banks money. Okay. Do, bank, do banks care about this? Yeah, it's, it's doing well. It's doing well. They've signed a lot of partnerships. They've signed a lot of deals and it's, it's kind of moving forward and they've, they're getting great press. They've got a great uh, biz, biz dev team. And so what's the yeah. market cap of Ripple? Uh, well, right now, seventy-seven billion. That's how much. That's the market cap. Yeah, the right number now. of outstanding. The circulating supply is thirty-eight billion. So thirty-eight billion dollars. So no, like, sorry, thirty-eight billion ripples. It's it's the market cap. Uh, the circulating supply is thirty-eight times by two. So I guess seventy-seven billion. Yeah. Okay, so seventy-seven billion dollars worth is somehow measured. And so. You're thinking like how much, how many transaction fees are incurred when you're when you're exchanging money bank to bank? Well, the, the Ripple doesn't have any kind of feedback system or anything like that. You can't make any money from it. It's just a speculative token. No, I, I, yeah, I'm just saying. So I'm just trying to think like logically, like okay, so you know we have you say the 20 biggest banks in the world, yeah. 50 biggest banks in the world. They're moving money, large sums of money between yeah, one another every day. They do, yeah. But, well, what? But they're the banks themselves. So they, what are they? Who are they paying to, to move this money? I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I. So I the question I, is, is how much? So question how, is, what's their saving? So let's let's just say how much how much money do they spend per year in the interbank movement of money? Do they spend every year just and 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 across? So it's in, also speed. Okay, but let's just say, so we have to kind of calculate what is the theoretical maximum value that you get. And then you multiply that by X number of years and you say, okay, so I'm just saying like, you, you kind of have to look at like, what's the, it's sort of like, what's the, um, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a different thing. Like what's the addressable market? What's the, yeah. what's the conceivable value of this thing could add to this? Right. You know, yeah. if you say, well, look, the banks really only between each other incur a couple billion dollars a year in real transaction in, in, in money costs of moving of money multiplied mm. by 10 years so it's 20 billion you know i mean do some kind of back, yeah, of, the yeah. ma- back of the napkin math to well, figure out whether it makes sense unless unless i'm just one last thing unless that's just like one of like five different things that ripple is supposed to be doing i don't know so so i think i think the fundamental th- things that i've been looking at are what is the total token you know 
issue, and in this case, it's 99 billion. Uh, and you know, what is the um, who is the team, and what is the track record, and all and all those type of things. And so, you know, there's 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 other companies where you know there's 25 million tokens have been issued, and that's the total amount that they're ever going to have. And it's four dollars, you know, per price, and they've got a very solid you know company and they've got products in the marketplace to me those those are the kind of things that are like yeah that's kind of interesting you know mm -hmm. like um but anyway i'll give you the um the uh Mise go pitch um Mise go is that what omg is omg yeah. i don't understand what you're saying Mise go o-m-i-s-e okay omise okay or it's either omise or omis i'm not sure what which. does that mean who knows i mean what, like a japanese what, coin what, or like something? it's just a, yeah it's just uh it's it, they're 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 based in bangkok um, but they also are quite involved with Japan as well. Okay. Yeah. So Amise is, is uh, as I was kind of talking a little bit about last time. So first of all, the team. Okay. So the company itself was established in 2013 as a fintech company. Okay. And uh, with some, some, some really good guys running that company. And by 2017, uh, they're basically a, a payment transaction company. They're processing, you know, about 100 million a day. Just, just through traditional networks, they've built um, like a face pay product, so you can like look in, you can like look in a camera, and uh, it'll like verify you and do do payments that way. Um, so uh, around about 2013, they started getting really into interested in blockchain. They believe that the blockchain would be the disruptive future of payments, okay. and um, so they started funding Ethereum and the development of Ethereum. And um, because Ethereum was slow, they uh, I think they funded something called the Lightning Network, mm -hmm. uh, Radeon or something like that. So they're very, they have been very involved with Ethereum, the founders of Ethereum, the peop, the the team building Ethereum, the whole you know the whole way along and yeah. funding them. Okay. Um, so their their idea, they they it's there's like three different three different components to it, but I'm going to kind of come back to the meat and potato component first of all which is to create a unowned, so basically no, in the same way that the internet is unowned and it's the internet, mm -hmm. they want to create a decentralized exchange that's like this open, unowned decentralized exchange. So it's like this thing, it's, it's like they launch it, it runs, then nodes connect to it, and then you will be able to um, basically ex connect to it and, and uh, through, your, through your app um, start exchanging money. You know, start sending sending money to people, exchanging money with people, and uh, things like that. So it, so you know, I don't obviously technically know how it works, but I know that um, you should be able to just uh, programmatically plug in ten bucks, and you know, within an instant, get back the equivalent of Bitcoin of whatever that is at that moment in time. Okay. You know, as agreed by all the nodes on the network, the different the different prices on the network, and. Um, so first of all, that's that's kind of this. That's pretty kind of outrageous, right? Uh, yeah. No, I mean I've heard about. See, I'm I from from a perspective of somebody who's done high frequency trading. Yeah, that's still gonna be very slow. Here's the thing. Here's the reason. If you have, if I'm communicating with one node, you and I are trading, right? And you're somewhere on, and you're in Europe. I'm in Korea or the U.S. or whatever. It's still gonna take a little while, just for that just for a simple ping, just for a simple back and forth, okay? A million transactions a second. Yeah, but, but here's the thing. That's, I'm talking about a single transaction. I'm not talking about how many transactions we can have. But 
if you have to have a bunch of nodes to agree on something, then you have to wait for everybody brings a consensus about that something happened, right? So that is going to slow it down. I'm not saying that it can't happen, that you can't have something ha in like five or 10 seconds or 30 seconds or something like that, which for somebody who's just trying to pull money out or put something in might be fine. But for, for trading, that sucks. Stuff can move up and down. So that's why that's why um, that it's not a mind it's not a mind currency. It's it's not a proof of work currency. It's it's proof of stake system. It's fine. So, but that's I'm fine. If stuff, but if stuff is moving up and down, you know, it, stuff can fluctuate quite a bit in that amount of time. And that's why people. That's why there's a lot of hand wringing about that. You know, we're not even talking about crypto. I'm just talking about trading stocks. Is because well, these people they have they they're front running or they're up there and they, they have like a millisecond delay or whatever. Yeah. You know, and so if you're like, well, I'm going to I'm going to do this decentralized thing and, you know, I can I don't have to go through an exchange, but it's 30 seconds slow. It takes 30 seconds or a minute or 10. I don't care what it is. It's still going to be way slower than a, than a centralized thing where everybody's got their stuff right there. And it's not going it's not hitting the blockchain to, to everything is just like in a database effectively. Well, this it's, also so, you know, from from a technology point of view, this is doing a couple of things. So. The, the token holders, anyone who, who owns OMG as a token, mm -hmm. can run a, uh, like a specialized wallet uh, mm -hmm. on their computer. And, and those are acting as the, the miners, you know, okay. the, 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 the nodes that kind of okay. make agreement. So the idea is, is that there's a lot of those so that those kind of agreements can happen quickly. But then the other thing is, is that um, the technology that they're, they're using, the guys who kind of created Ethereum, basically creating this thing called Plasma, and my understanding of Plasma is it's like, and so OMG will be its own blockchain, blockchain that runs on Plasma. And my understanding of it is that um, it it'll just be highly scaled. Now I don't have a I don't have a good answer to what you just said. I don't have a good answer to that. But but as far as I understand, um, it can have multiple kind of blockchains hanging off it. It's sort of the way I, from what I understand, it's sort of like um, the same types of things that we might do if we were scaling a web application. So you kind of have like this central loop. And then you like offload it to other loops. So there might be like, you know, a hundred other blockchains all hooked to this main blockchain. So a request kind of goes in, it goes into the main blockchain, that passes it off to a sub blockchain, that gets it back real quick and then pushes it back out. So it, it's like a, a kind of sharding type solution, you know, mm -hmm. to the uh, to the concept of blockchains. And that's how they can, you know, uh, get to a hundred, so to a million transactions. Yeah, a second I mean, plus. I'm not saying it's not, an intrigue solution that and it'll solve a category of problems mm. but it, it's it's not it's it's not going to replace people uh who are trying to trade large amounts of money or and are back in short periods of time no, that's, 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 a, that's a different problem that's especially an interesting point because like one of the things that they talk about um on the reddit on the you know amise go reddit a lot mm. is that they're super excited about taking a part of the forex three trillion that's traded every day mm -hmm. so if you're so if you're basically saying you know no that's not possible well i'm not saying it's not possible but uh, here's what i'm saying and like assuming these nodes are separated geographically throughout the world yeah. just by this the limitations of the speed of light and yeah. how long it takes for things to go around and have a bunch of people and agree on stuff it's not going to be nearly as fast as if everything was centralized in a in, single exchange in one day in one data center yeah, you can never compete with that. Um, so, you know, I mean, some people may not care. A lot of people may not care about that kind of speed and not doing that kind of trading on that time scale. Um, yeah. But I'm just saying that, you know, for a lot of trading 
um, contacts, a lot of, uh, you know, you know, the speed is a huge advantage and you can always make money off of people who are just slower than you. Okay. So, so, so that's, that's one, one part of it is that large, um, kind of, I guess, operating system of, of, of the exchange of value. Mm -hmm. Um, so even, even if the Forex use case isn't, isn't a big one, I mean, there's just a massive use case for, you know, for people just paying for stuff. I mean, in all, in all the papers that they're, in everything that I've seen, they say, you walk into a shop and you, you pay, you know, you pay for something and you've got, you've got, I don't know, euros and you're, you're paying for yen and you click a button and the payment goes through right there. And then it, it instantly does that transfer, but maybe, maybe they're counting on the fact that it's like five seconds delay. Maybe they don't, you know, maybe they think people won't mind about that. Yeah. So anyway, so that's, that's one level. Um, which is sort of like an, an internet of, you know, a public internet of exchange. And then on top of that, they've, they've got this um, SDK, SDK like wallet and toolkit and just uh, all the dev tools that enable you to easily create wallets and stuff to plug into that. So, it's, so for example, it's, it will be super easy for PayPal to basically say, integrate with these guys. And then because they're integrated with these guys, they'll be able to hook up to Venmo, you know, for example. You know, you know, so for example, that, that use case of like just getting money from one person to another person out of across siloed systems, this will basically solve if, if, if it works according to plan. That's like one of the really big things is the fact that money's siloed in all these different systems. And they just want to create this system where those siloed systems can use this SDK to instantly plug money in and send to other systems. Mm -hmm. So the the SDK will also you know make it really easy for you to in your app create you know just to have different different payment systems get it get you know accept payments from any type of currency and you can you can build um, essentially a banking app you know what I mean because like people it'll have like a ledger an account you can store money and so then the other thing is you know the the network uh, the partnerships that they've got with various different people for cash in cash out so that people can just like put money into a system and then automatically, you know, put cash into the system and it automatically gets digitized. Mm -hmm. So there's, those are the kind of the three levels, the kind of SDK wallet stuff, the app stuff, which is, which will enable anyone to build white label applications on top of this. So how is this different from like our Ethereum and some of these other ones? Well, the, well, so, so Ethereum um, is, is dealing specifically with, uh, I mean, Ethereum is essentially. It's a proof of stake, right? It, well, no, a, a proof of work right now, but they, they want to migrate to proof of stake. Okay. But um, Ethereum, OMG is quite specifically just for the money use case. So OMG is one use case. Like the, the goal, uh, Ethereum aims to be the operating system of the blockchain. Okay. OMG aims to be the operating system of money. Okay. That's basically the, the kind of theory. But uh, you, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. And so, you know, coupled with, with the team, the kind of like, all the different partnerships that they have, like, you know, being, being on the, I mean, not that it's massive, but being on the front of time, you know, as like the fintech rock stars of Thailand, being extremely close with the Thai government who basically want to turn Thailand into a cashless society and are consulting with these guys quite heavily about that. All right. So let's so make sure this, I mean, what percentage of your crypto portfolio was in OMG versus other things? Well, right now, um a lot so i 75 uh, percent i mean more more right now so basically you're all in 
Yeah, so you yeah. pushed all your chips on the table. Well, no, no, I, I am right now. So I, I wasn't. I, I did have five coins. My, my strategy was to get a thousand tokens of like five different coins because I think a thousand is a really good number because you, you know, if it ends up being a hundred, then you've got a hundred thousand. If it ends up being two, if it ends up being fifty, you know, it's just, a, it's just a nice number to have, right? Um, so I had a thousand of a, of a different type, but we got to that that high point and i started thinking okay this is going to be this this is this is going to crash right now this is all going to go down because like ripple was hitting three and i was and i had a thousand of those and so i'm just like okay look i'm just gonna i went out of all of those and went put it all into omg okay so anyway so the last time i spoke to you i had put 3.3 thousand into omg in dollars Mm -hmm. now i've put seventeen thousand of your hard-earned cash yeah yeah. wow um you know and i own a thousand two hundred so can you afford to lose that without georgie having your yeah 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 really yeah you can you can lose twenty thousand dollars we've just we've discussed it yeah i but i don't think it's i i so so here's the thing right now omg is trading purely on speculation like like beyond like they haven't done the first thing yet they haven't done the first thing so you know, at a minimum, it's going to go up substantially when they release the first thing, because even that first thing isn't exactly going to prove Assuming that they can do it. Well, it's just a wallet. They've already done it. It's in beta. They just haven't actually released it, you know? Okay. So they've, they've got, they've got, um, you know, beta users testing this okay. thing. Right. But like, once they actually release that to the public and the public can start building apps, you know, which is going to be by, um, March with mm-hmm. by March this year, like the price is going to go up from where it is now. I mean, it's if you look at it, it's been quite solid, quite stable. Even with all the other coins crashing, this is the one. And and if you have a look at the different Reddits of the different coins, it it, it has a different vibe. Yeah. It has more of a considered vibe, like people going, yeah, there's a lot of fundamentals here, like a very good company, the best of the best of the crypto community working on this. You know, they're already processing over 100 million a day. Oh, and by the way, you know, that that processing that they're doing of 100 million a day, that's going to be their test case. Like they when once they've got this this exchange um, built, they're going to just that's going to be the new backend. So just to get started, it's going to be trans. Uh, it's going to be processing 100 million a day right. of what they're already doing. Okay. Right. So so then what what I didn't say is that um, you know as as being a, a token holder, you get a percentage of that over of all the transaction fees on the network. Okay. So if 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 it really, really takes off and they start processing a trillion a day, you know, and you are your coins are acting as proof of stake, you you are going to get a percentage of those fees. Which, by the way, part of the reason why people will use that network is because it's going to be ten times cheaper than any other way of moving money around, mm-hmm. you know. So it's ten times cheaper, but they're distributing that money. So you can basically make money from a dividend, you know, point of view from your token, mm-hmm. you know. So TLDR. Justin likes OMG. Yes, Is that what we're saying. Uh, and and and, and, by, and by the way, they think they part of the reason why they think that OMG hasn't hasn't taken off like Neo is because it's the story is kind of complicated. The name is OMG, which can't quite be taken so seriously. Mm-hmm. They think the name in its own right has held the price down. Um, just but just from a just a basic sounds like a joke like Doge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just the basic perception. But it. it's good the sense that it makes easy to remember, makes yeah. people kind of go, yeah. Well, we'll we'll see. I mean, you know. So so just to, I mean just to give you my predictions, you know, mm-hmm. and then I've been telling you, I've been saying, look, Jason, you you should come in on this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? I think very strongly that by the end of this year, it's going to be worth a hundred dollars. 
right? And I think that by the end, end of 2018, it's $100. What's it now? 25, yeah. And I think by the end of 2019, it's going to be 500 to 1,000. That's what I think. Nice. So I, I was telling you, like a guy like you with means, you could probably get 10,000 of these things. Like, <laughs> a man with means. <laughs> I like like that. you should get 10,000, but I'm not sure you, that might actually be, you know, if you'd have acted when I first spoke to you, you probably could have done it because it was about 12 bucks. It's but, only, it's, it's not, you know, it's only, it's, I mean, but it, it'll probably drop back down a little bit. Then nothing ever goes straight up. Nothing yeah. ever goes straight up. It never goes straight down. It's, There's always but, pullbacks. There, there are pullbacks, but it's, if you look at it, it's sort of like, it's not cracking that $20, $22 line, you mm. know, it doesn't seem like it. Even, yeah. even in the worst crash when everything else was going down, it wasn't going below 22. Right. Right. Um, well, we'll see. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's keep, I think you should get, will you commit to get a thousand of them? It's, you want me to buy $25,000? Yeah. OM? No. I'm not going to commit to do that. I will look at it. Just I will join look me on it. the ride. I will look at it. That's a little, that's, so here's the thing. Uh, well, now, well, now you know how Phil feels because you're always saying to Phil, look, here's great opportunities. You should do this. And he's like, nah. And you're like, okay, well, whatever. No, here's I told the you. thing. No, I mean, I, I would always tell Phil to, do, look into these things. I didn't say just do it because I say to do it. Just look at it and research it. Okay. Um, but I think it's it's always a mistake to <clears throat> mindlessly do something just because somebody else is doing it or friends are doing it. You've got to... Because then, then if it loses money, you have no one to blame but yourself. Okay. You know, it's the same thing. Like, I remember in a whole... whole we had this conversation years, years ago when I talked about how I put money in the IPO, the Facebook IPO, you know, and then we lost money on the IPO because, you know, it just kind of whole thing was screw up. I got this horrible fill. And then it was like crashed down for like six months. And I was just like, you know, the whole reason I did that was more because I feel like it was just like a big event. It was like going to yeah. the Super Bowl or something. Like we should just, and uh, but you would have made money long run. In long run. But yeah. at the end of the day, I was like, I wasn't investing for the right reason. Okay. You don't invest to be entertained. You don't invest to be part of something. You invest to make money and you invest not to lose money. Well, and yeah. so you, you kind of, so I would only do it if I really believe to make money. So I, in order to even to, to take that stance, I would have to do the research and, and decide. I feel well, like. I, one thing I really like about like the, the, they have a, the mission of these guys is to basically, there's 2 billion people in Asia who don't have bank accounts and have no way of getting into the banking system because it's because of, you know, needing passports or ID verification, all this kind of stuff. I really like the fact that they, they aim to get those people into the financial system. But also their slogan is bank is unbank the banked. They also aim to get people to just move away from banks because this will offer through through their different SDKs and their different systems, it will offer what you need for, for to do your daily banking stuff. Okay. You know? So all right. Um well I will I'll read the paper. I will look at it. All you right. know, I mean I yeah, I mean I'll 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 I will do that. Okay. I'll commit to doing that. We'll see. All right. So what? Uh, well, wait. It's, it's you. What about you? Let's let's. What do you wanna? What do you wanna know? Well, I'd like to. Uh, is it too early to get into math academy stuff? Yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah. What's been going on? So. So some interesting things. Um, oh, first, you know, it's funny. Um, I can't officially say it because I, there's some restrictions on it. But I'll just say this: I say we got um, we we won a major grant. Ooh, nice! Yeah, big big grant, a lot of money. Big. A very prestigious place. Can't say more about it than that. 
Can't say how much. Can't say who. Yeah, can't. But um, when will you be able to? I'm not sure. There's some restrictions on the publicity of it and whatever. So I'm just saying okay. we got a big grant, um, which is great validation. Obviously, it's, it's the 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 money's going to help a lot. So um, that's been that was great news. Yeah. In fact, we were supposed to know by early December, and we didn't hear anything. And then it went into you know winter break and Christmas and stuff. And Sandy and I are like, yeah, we probably didn't. I didn't get it, you know. And uh, but then right after the holidays, we got it. And it was like, wow, that's a surprise. That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So that was that was um, that was great. Um, the the thing that's going on right now, one of the big things is. Um, trying to hire someone we need we need um you know another full-time instructor for next year um you know because we're going to have a whole new slew of kids coming in you know my eighth graders will be in the high school so um you know we'll have three three grades at three different schools three different middle schools um and we want to hire another phd mathematician um so we, 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 what we do is we kind of reach out. We put up, we post up on mathjobs.org, which is where all of the um, mathematicians find jobs. That's where you know UCLA and Harvard put their job postings up, right? Um, so I wrote a, I wrote a job posting, and uh, you know we didn't get as many, or at least haven't so far, haven't got as many um, submissions as I thought, but. I've talked to a half, uh, you know, a half dozen. We've probably a little more than a half dozen people, but I think we have some really good, some really good people. Um, I think we'll probably have, we'll have a handful of good people to choose from, I think. Now, the mm -hmm. question is, will they accept the position or are we just one of many others and that they might take? Um, you know, these are younger people who are just finishing up their PhD or just finishing mm -hmm. up a postdoc or something, and so maybe they're applying you know, for, for tenure track position over here and a postdoc over there. And maybe they're thinking about going to Wall Street or Silicon Valley. So we're just one, one option, but, um, it's exciting though. I've taught, you know, so what I do is I set up a time to kind of talk to them and kind of, kind of explain what get, you know, what math Academy is. Kind of selling them on it. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, trying to sell it to them and under, cause it's, it's a, you know, we have a, our website now is really has a lot of information on it. And I think it, it, it does a pretty good job of explaining things, but sometimes you just really have to, into the details like what does their day look like what are they really going to be responsible for what you know that kind of stuff so um but what's really interesting is uh one of the people who reached out to us is a full professor at a major university hmm. and this is somebody who's uh done extremely well in academia very senior person Haran was like, what? Like, <laughs> so Haran is the, the mathematician instructor of ours. And he's just like, I don't, he's like, he's, first of all, he was, he was kind of emailing back and forth. First, he was like, I don't know what I'm more shocked about, the fact that we won this grant or the <laughs> fact that the quality of the applicants we're getting. And he's like, and if we get this guy, he's like, my mind will be perpetually boggled. <laughs> like, I just can't. Is you know, he, having been a mathematician, being, I mean, been a tenured mathematician at university, he's like, that's a really cushy job. It's a great situation. If you're a mathematician, that's what your aim is to be, right? You know, you have job for life. You know, once you're at a kind of a senior position, you get kind of get pick and choose which classes you want to teach. You know, you, you had a lot of, you know, a lot of great stuff coming at you. So, you know, when, when we were talking about 
looking for another person. He's just like, I just don't know if we're really going to be able to hire another PhD. It's really, you know, I said, uh, you know, you know, the thing is, there's a big world out there. And people have all kind of different life situations about reasons, and yeah. reasons for doing things, you know, and there are all kind of peculiar things that are going on. I said, you know, you were a tenured professor at Clemson University, which and you gave up that tenure because your wife, who's an orthopedic surgeon, took a position out here in L.A. and you gave it up for her. Now, maybe yeah. we weren't going to find someone who had the exact same situation, but there are situations like that where people give things up. Um, he's like, but he was still skeptical. So when he saw this, he was like, what? So I um. I went and met the guy for coffee and we had like a two hour conversation and um, he's like, you know, and his, his just is like this. He's like, look, I've had, um, and I won't get too specifics because I don't want to, I mean, he, I think he, he, he wants to keep everything on the quiet for right now until he decides what he wants to do. But he's like, you know, I've had a long, very successful academic career. I've kind of done everything I can do. You know, he's, He's held the positions he wanted to hold. He's, you know, whatever, run conferences. He's, he's supervised X number of PhDs who have gone off into do well in academia themselves. You know, he's like, you know, I'm kind of thinking it might be time to try something else. I I was gonna say something like that. I was like, you know, thinking about someone like that, they're probably just looking for fresh meat, you know, <laughs> like just a fresh, a fresh experience. Something new. Yeah. Something new. I think sometimes yeah. people just want something new. And, you know, one thing is that a lot of these professors sit around complaining about the quality of the undergraduate students and how ill-prepared they are, you know, and like, you know, think that the, the, the math education system in the U.S. is just broken and you're just getting these subpar students and it's just really frustrating. I mean, even, he said, even the in grad school, they complain, complain against, uh, complain about the grad students coming out of undergrad not being prepared well enough. But he's just like, you know, this would be an opportunity to actually go do something about it, be part of the solution instead of just sitting around bitching with a bunch of other math professors. Once again, an amazingly PRable story that could be like, everyone's going to be like, what? That guy? Yeah. Teaching these, you know, yeah. sixth graders, seventh well, graders. Because he, 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 you know, it's like he has nothing else to prove. Right, he got a PhD. Yeah, you've got he got a PhD from a, the one of the most elite universities in the world at a young age. He's just he's he's checked every box. He's won his Olympic medals, right? He's nothing to prove. He's long mm. since proved everything he needs to prove. So he can go and do whatever he wants. He can go teach teach third graders and like people are like, hey man, do whatever you want, <laughs> you know. So um, you know, and we'd probably have him not. I think if we had it, maybe we'd have him teach my uh, my group at ni uh, ninth graders next year. Because oh. I asked Haran, I was because like, initially was like, I was like, well, what do you want to do next year? It's your, you get first dibs. And he initially said, well, I want to teach the, the most advanced courses. And I was like, mm. okay, so, but he's like, but, and then he also said, but I only want to teach at one school. I'm like, well, you see, that's mutually exclusive, right? So <laughs> there's only going to be one high school class yeah. and you need, and you need to teach at least two classes. So he's like, well, so he's thinking, initially he was thinking, he had made a decision on what he wanted to do. Does he want to teach the seventh and eighth grades at Sierra Madre, or does he want to teach the ninth grade at Pasadena High School, and then maybe the eighth grade at Sierra Madre? But he's like this guy. He's like whatever. Like we need to give him whatever give him he wants. What he wants. And yeah. I talked to him, and he's like, I think what we can do though for him is he may not give up his position until the following year. So I said, here, dip your toes in the water, teach one class, see you like it. If you're excited about Math Academy, if you're having fun then you because he was talking about how it's kind of late in the year to let 
it's late in the year to let a university know that you're stepping down as a full professor yeah. and you're on, you're on all these committees. And so you he's this, in the area here? Of course. Okay, yeah, I mean, good, you're yeah. in the LA area, which, you know, I'm not giving it away because there's an infinite number of yeah. universities here, practically, but... Um, uh, no, the reason I was asking that is, so it is, it's not like he has to travel across the country. No, 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 no. It's feasible for no, him no, to no, do no. one class. So he could teach one class, say in the morning, and then go off and do whatever whatever other uh, whatever responsibilities he has, teach whatever classes he has at, at the university. And he said this, it's a little late in the year for him to just spring it on his department. Yeah, I know. So he's like, I'm like, all right, well, why don't you do this? I was like, teach cover a couple months next year. Come, say, November, then let us know. And if you're like, if you could say, hey, you know what, Jason, this just is not quite the right fit for me. It's, it's been it's rewarding and I find it interesting, but I, I've, I'm just not as comfortable in this environment. Hey, no harm, no foul. Just finish out the year and, you know, whatever. I said, like, but if you're like, yeah, this is this is really fun and I'm really looking forward to next year when we have more kids. And so I'm like, oh, great. And then you have, then he can go let his university know and scale out of that and they have plenty of time to recruit a replacement for him. So, um, so yeah, and then we're, so we're going to probably bring on some one full-time person. Has he seen a class? Has that guy seen a class No, yet? we're, um, I'm going to have bring him by to see Karen's classes. We'll, we'll, we'll all spend the day with him. I'll come, we'll sit at Karen's okay. classes and yeah. Karen can meet him and, you know, and he can kind of, because he, here's the first reaction they always have. So I'm talking to him and he's, he's like Karen. He's like one of these sort of like, you know, use low-key mathematicians. And so I'm like, you know, I'm very passionate about this. And I go, this, da, da, da. And he's like, okay, okay. He's like, I don't, I don't know if I can do what you do. Like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, okay. I understand. I appreciate that that you, that you get that impression that it requires, you know, somebody with I don't know an, a very outgoing personality to do this. I said Haran had the same uh, reaction and same misgivings that he wouldn't be able to to teach kids in the same way I did, and he doesn't teach them the same way I do. But he is just as effective. He has a whole different way he does it. He does it his way. It's like you know, you go see Haran's class and you'll see immediately that you could do the same thing. I said, we don't get up and lecture for an hour like you're used to doing. We talk for five minutes, 10 minutes tops, and then you immediately get them doing stuff. And then you break, take breaks and, okay, guys, the next thing I'm going to talk for a minute. So this is the next thing we're going to do. Or here's what, some stuff I want to explain to you or whatever. We break it up um, because we want the kids doing and not just sitting here passively. And I said, but that's actually easier. It's harder to get up there and talk in a productive way for an hour. It's not hard to get up there and say, hey, guys, let me explain this concept. And let's go through a couple of examples, a couple of motivating problems or whatever. And then um, I'm going to challenge you some things. That's easy. It doesn't take much training at all. But it's actually more effective and more engaging for the kids. So I get him and I show Haran's class and he'll be like, he should be like, this is, this is no, no big deal. Um, cool. But I want him to see my class. I mean, he'll come and he'll see my class and he'll be like, oh, this is crazy. Because I run class like basketball practice. I know, yeah. But have you, have you been to my class? I've, well, I mean, I've, I've just seen how the Code Academy worked, so... Oh, so you, much so, the same you thing. Have to, so you have to come and see it. So, but you got to come see the eighth graders. Because if you see the eighth graders doing advanced calculus, it's it's um it's just really weird, you know. And it's really impressive. You, know, it's really well. Exciting. I already saw that in the competition. Yeah, you did. Solve, yeah. You did see that. So, um, so yeah, that's that's the big that's the big thing that's going on with Math Academy. Um, right. I told you. I think I told you that we went through and we had a bunch of kids test in. For the, yeah, I told you it was after a, the testing. A, for AP, was it? No, no, no. Test to get into the program from the fifth grade. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you have told me the results, yeah. Well, we have, I don't know. I think, I'm not sure what the exact number is, but say 60 or so kids across the district, like 1,200 kids, about 5%. Okay. We're going to give another test in February, which hopefully will identify another maybe 10 kids, 5 to 10 kids. Yeah. Um, 
it's, it's, it, it remains to be seen how many of those kids are actually going to enroll in the program. The problem is that, and I've <laughs> talked to a lot of these parents, they, you know, so we have seven middle schools, okay, and 18 elementary. So they're one of the 18 elementary schools, and, they're, and, and they, you know, they have a lot of opinions about which is the better middle school, right? Some of it's socioeconomic. Well, this is a nicer area. Or these have, you know, you know, a wealthier area or whatever. And they're real more comfortable at those schools. And some of them, it's just about marketing. These schools have done a really good job marketing themselves. And they have a really pretty building and et cetera. So I'm trying to bring people into McKinley, which is where I teach. And it's tough because it's not as nice as a couple of the other schools and as nice and new. And, some of the, and these parents have already have like emotionally, they're already emotionally vested. In this other school, they've been thinking about like, oh, we're going to go to this school. Like the year, they've been planning it for years, right? Mm. And it's a whole cohort of parents, and they think are all their top performing kids or friends. And oh yeah, like, since since kindergarten, like there's there's a stream, there's a stream yeah. going from super early. So then you come in, or I come in, and out of nowhere with math academy, we're going to do this stuff, and it's this world changing thing, and they're all like blown away. But then they're just like, oh geez, what are we going to do? We don't, we, we we can't go to Blair, we can't go to Marshall. You know, this the school that they think is amazing. How many schools are you in now? You, three of the seven. You're in three of the seven, yeah. I, I don't think we're going to expand it beyond the three. I think, uh, I mean, I guess it's because we could go to fourth, but the problem is that it gets a lot more expensive. Well, adding one more school is one more full-time person, right? It's three classes, essentially. Three, if not four, especially if you had to split the classes because you had too many. I mean, we're setting a max class size to 16. So that's another full-time person. So with benefits and everything, you're talking $100,000 or more a year just to ha have another school. But so how 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 are you going to scale nationally then? Well, that's that's on the their other particular districts, right? We've had two districts come and spend a day you know day with us and trying to learn and understand what Math Academy is, and you know they were really excited. So you know there, I think there's an opportunity there. We'll see, but you know they have to pay for their own instructors. So you think every district is going to have like a this would be the way the way that you do it? So there's like three to seven kind of ratio. No, 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 because. Some districts have one middle school and one, yeah. and, you know, some just, you know, they, they're all different in terms of their size and the scale of the, the district and what they're going to do. But that's just what we did. Um, but you, you don't want to become so expensive because, because then you're easy to kill, right? If, if you caught, if you, if it costs a lot of money for you to stay afloat, then as soon as budgets are struggling, guess who's getting axed? Yeah. Right. You don't want to get too expensive. So I feel like, uh, you know, three, we, we spread across the district geographically, socioeconomically, demographically. It's like, okay, we got our bases covered. We don't have every school. There's some parents who are mad because they are not mad, but they're disappointed because they really, they want Math Academy and they want to go to this school. It's like, well, you know, I want to go to Harvard, but I'll be on the beach. It's like, I don't have to tell you. <laughs> Either go to Boston and be cold and go to Harvard or go to UC Santa Barbara and be on the beach. I don't, you know, like <laughs> you can't have both. I'm sorry. So, you know. so that's the reason why you want more kids to test in. You, you, you basically, it's it's not because they're bad at math. It's just because of the parent situation. Well, I don't understand what you're saying. What? Basically, you said the you said you kind of framed the whole thing. We got sixty kids, but the problem is, and yeah. No, you said, I, this, the, we, we qualified these kids as they're all they all look strong to us. Yeah. But I'm just saying that you want all sixty in, but you can't get. I'd love to have it, but you know, maybe we'll get. I'm hoping to get 45. So here's what I think. I think we maybe get another five to 10 and we got three of this. So maybe we have 70 to 75 
and maybe let's say, let's say 70 kids. I'm hoping we can get 45. Okay. Um, I think it'd be 25 kids whose parents are just going to be like, you know, we just we really want to go to Blair. We're just not comfortable with their school. And it's the problem with McKinley also is that um, we have a, a program. We don't have an honors track specifically. And a lot of parents, all these kids are top, top performers, right? So the parents are like, is there an honors track? Well, there's no honors track. Okay, well... What, and then we have this thing called Vanguard, which half this the half of half the middle school classes are taught traditionally, and half are in a program called Vanguard, which is that uh, uh, a Chromebook based online thing. Now they don't spend a whole day on the Chromebook. A lot of it is group projects. There's a lot of interaction with the teachers and all this stuff, but it's very different for all these parents. They they're unfamiliar with it and they're uncomfortable with it because they think, oh my god, like my kids just gonna sit looking at the screen all day and they're never gonna have interaction or this or that, and so they just. A lot of these parents, as much as they like want the new and the latest, they're very traditional in their thinking. They're very conservative about how they think about education. Even if they're very progressive in the other way, it's really funny. <laughs> they're yeah. very risk averse. And so McKinley has the Vanguard program, so it's really hard to kind of like I have to overcome them. I have to try and sell them on that and say, mm. look, it's actually my kids are in it, all the math academy kids are in it and they love it. And it's here's why it's good. But I have to it's just it's a lot to overcome. It's not the crumb. So we won't get everybody. And the parents, the kids, I mean, I spend a lot of time talking with parents, you know, on these, after these tours and they're all like, just, they're torn. They're but like, it's not just McKinley. You're at two other schools, right? Can yeah. Okay. But Sierra Madre is, there's no, no spots. Okay. Everyone who goes to Sierra Madre elementary is immediately a, has a spot there. Cause it's their home school in their area. Yeah. And then field, which is another school right there by and nearby has dual language, um, dual Dual language immersion, Mandarin, and that continues at Sierra Madre Middle School. So if you do if you do Mandarin and at field, and you immediately go to Sierra Madre Middle School, so you get a spot. So there. you spot between those two, nothing left. Okay. So, I mean, everybody would love to do. Hey, I mean, to be able to do Math Academy and do Mandarin dual language, Mandarin immersion, and go to Sierra Madre, I mean, it's like amazing, <laughs> right? But unless you live there or you did the Mandarin, you're not in it. So okay. a lot of parents are like. So then you have to choose between McKinley and Washington, and Washington is up on way up on the Altadena side, and yeah. it's, just, it's a lower income area. So some parents are just like uh, not as there have reservations about that, um, you know. So we have to, you know, it's just you gotta, you know, it overcome things. Like is that. the business the business side of Math Academy called Math Academy as well? I haven't come up with a separate name yet because I haven't incorporated. And that Sandy's every day. Sandy's like, have you thought of a name yet? We got to record it. What are you doing? Like we got to, I've been keep, I keep kicking the can down the street. Cause I keep, I can't think of a name because we can't use math Academy. Cause there's some guy who has like a tutoring service called math Academy in some small town in California. Mm. So we got to call the nonprofit something else. And then I got to call oh, it. So the, so the nonprofit isn't going to be math Academy. We can't actually call it. I mean, we can call a program math Academy, but the actual nonprofit mm. will have to be called something else because, and that's, you're just talking about at the, at the LLC limited level. Yes, we call it Math Unlimited or something. Yeah. You know, something. It's just, it's just the what's ever incorporated. I mean, it's, it's like, not a trademark issue. It's just a company registration issue. Yeah, it's like MV Code Club is not corporate as MV Code Club. It's like I can't remember what it was. It's not. It was something funny. Okay, like, so the, so the trademark could still be Math Academy. But the, no, you really can't. It's too generic to, to 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 trademark Math Academy. We've already talked to a trademark lawyer about this. So uh, you could trademark the logo. Yeah, but I don't. I don't really think it's worth spending ten thousand dollars to trademark that logo. I just don't think it. it we just. It's but not. what I mean is, you could operate as Math Academy without. Yeah. yeah. Like you can continue to operate as Math Academy. Yeah. 
without the issue of that. It's just that that guy has another yeah, a company yeah, called yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, and then I got to come up with a name for the the corporation. Some kind how of how ingrained is that guy? How like how uh, successful is he? Nothing. It's a nothing. It's kind of a dead. He's not. It's always he's like, oh, I might use it for something. It's like, all right. Have you contacted him? Yeah. He does. Well, he would to... license it for ten grand a year. We're like, uh, or nine grand. We're like, no way. Give me a break. Does he want it? He say he wouldn't sell it. He would for nine thousand. He'd license, but I'm not going to pay nine thousand dollars for that. Just have something that's on our checkbook. I mean, it's kind of it's ridiculous. So, um, anyway, then <laughs> there's the software platform. Right, which, which is the which is the company side, right? Which has been interesting because now I have like something like fourteen. 12, well, first of all, let me start. I have a full time person as the as a director of curriculum, Alex. So he's a mathematician in London, but he's not only just a mathematician; he's a, he's great at managing people. He's he's not like your typical mathematician who's just like I just do math and I don't talk to people very much. That kind of thing. He's yeah. he's kind of a weird combination that he's he's good at both. Um, and then there's, um, I have a full-time software developer in Ukraine, Sivalad. He's, um, uh, really strong. He's kind of your full stack, node, react. What's his name? Sivalad? Sivalad. Oh, Sivalad. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm But you do Sivalad. I'm, no, it's Sivalad. Sivalad, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm cheating a little bit because it's like a little more, there's like a V sound in the first S, but I can't. Okay. Sivalad. But, um, and then I have, we have like, something like. 14 content developers from around the world that are working part-time creating questions and writing tutorials and stuff okay. and they're most of them are either phds or working on their phd hey, you haven't shown me a tutorial yet you're gonna have to show me that i did you were downstairs on the screen Rest that up. was a tutorial I, I thought you just showed me all the list of questions no okay i'll show you the I'll yeah that. so so what's interesting dealing with alex is there's so many questions being created there's so much content being created trying to stay on top of it and keep the quality it, it's it's challenging like how do you keep these people busy how do you keep them make sure they're they're doing creating good stuff how do you you know so we're kind of trying to you know and every time i talk to them I'm like okay how can we make these more efficient like how do we scale more what what do we do what are our bottlenecks what are you doing what, what kind of things are you doing that's taking a lot of time and one thing i i did this is about, about a month ago or a few weeks ago he was he would write these briefs. He would write like this, like, you know, and it was like kind of like a work order. Like, okay, here's, I'm sending this to Anna. Anna, I want you to create, you know, blah, 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 10 questions each for each of these five topics in, you know, having to do with solving trigonometric equations or something, right? And here's some templates and here's some research. I think very, a lot of time. And so, and then I said, you know, why don't you just like, just send some links to some stuff to hear some links to what I'm talking about. If they're, if they're really good, you shouldn't have to like spell everything out to them. And then the other thing I said, you know, cause then he was like writing feedback to everybody and that's really time consuming. I'm like, mm -hmm. do like a screencast where yeah. you just record yourself, like, you know, going through and say, here, here, I want you to change this and this should be this and da, 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 da. And so we did that uses something called screen mailer. Mm -hmm. And you know, he makes these two to three minute videos and then just like blah, 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 sends it off, sends it off. Yeah. Yeah. Much, much quicker, way faster and actually more helpful because you're, you know, it's usually going through individual questions and pointing things out and you see, I like this, but I want you to do this and you don't need to do that. And, and I was like, those two things were massive productivity boosters. Oh, that's and then, awesome. And then the next thing I was like, okay, we have, we have to promote some of these content developers so that they can 
approve questions, you know, edit them, give feedback, because we can't, you can't, you don't have time. If we're creating on the order of 500 questions a week <laughs> with complete yeah, he, solutions and he stuff, can't how, the hell, control that. how can you go through it? You can't. It's just impossible. So um, it's been interesting trying to like figure out how, what's the most efficient way to do this. But what's interesting is like all these people on Upwork, I mean, you know, I think I've mentioned this before. They're in countries where the dollar's really strong, and you know, fifteen bucks an hour is, is a good is a good wage. So, you know, we're able to. This isn't. I mean, this is expensive, but it's not that expensive. I was just thinking one thing you could do, just off the top of my head, um, is you just because we're also talking about proof of work and proof of stake. You could just have a quick, a real quick thing where each of them could just kind of give a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Uh, which could go out to the whole network, you know, so they could just go up and you could quickly get flagged, you know, so give you a real quick way to flag things. Like if, if this thing, if this thing is like 80% approved, then it's probably pretty good. Yeah. See, but you don't want, it really just takes one other person to, to look over. To look at those ones. Yeah. yeah I mean, okay. if, I mean, it would be real waste of time to have everybody reading the same damn question. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's like what you want is, <laughs> okay, so there's, 500 questions coming in a week, let's say, you want at least five people reviewing, so they only do 100 questions a week, you know? Mm -hmm. So a lot, but, yeah. um, you know, that's that's a little more doable. Yeah. You just have to make sure that they themselves are, are have a reasonable sense of, like, how these things should and be And that's written. easy enough to see, because you can just see what quality of work they, they have on average. Yeah, and it takes a little time to kind of get them kind of up to speed yeah. with how things are, because it's sort of what we call the Math Academy way. You know, it's like, no, you do not write a three-page tutorial. It should be short and succinct. You do not go, you, you know, you just have to be, you have to start with a very simple example and you're very illustrative about what you're doing. And, you know, it's just, you know, if it becomes too long, cut it into two tutorials. You know, like you can't make a tutorial too short, right? You, you know, because someone says, hey, this is such just one idea. It's just so short. No one's going to complain about that. Oh, this is easy. They love that. What they complain about is it's too long and they don't understand it and they just throw their hands up like, I don't know, it's just like it's a three-page long thing and it just lost me halfway, my eyes glazed over. What's your level of excitement about Math Academy? Like, if, I mean, if, if there was like a, a chart like tracking Jason's level of excitement and what he generally thinks about it from the day you first thought about it, like, where are we right now? Are you, are I'm really ex I'm excited about it, but, you know, I always... So one thing I always joke about with you is you just like, it's going to make a billion dollars like the first week and you're like <laughs> totally freak out and then you kind of fall off. <laughs> I kind of try and stay a little more even. Um, uh, and I'm my, my view of like at least, so there's Math Academy, the, the program, and there's the software platform. And the software platform, I feel like, you know, that is a mature, a fairly mature market. I mean... It's a mature market in that there are big players who make a lot of money in that space, okay? But nobody has 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 done it. It's not like you know Amazon is solved selling books or something. You know, it's like, and it's fragmented. It's fragmented. It's ready to be slacked, like we've discussed a few times. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but you know, do I think that I'm going to be some build some exponential growth company? No. Do I think I could build something that um, makes five, 10, $20 million a year over X number of years as a solid company and employees, you know, I don't know, two, three dozen people full time, you know, something like that within five years from now. I think that's actually possible. 
I mean, maybe it never grows beyond five or six or seven people full time, but I think it could become a solid business. Um, but my goal with Math Academy is is not the first is like I want to make a ton of money in IPO and be on a cover magazine. I mean, I don't give a shit about that. It doesn't really mean anything to me. I what I want to do is I want Math Academy to solve the problem of online math education, which, I, which has not been solved, which sucks. And I'm like, this this is how you do it, and this is how we're going to do it. We're going to make this thing work. And, um, you know, it's a software problem. It's a UI problem. It's a, you know, learning strategies problem. It's a content problem. It's a lot of stuff. But you bring it all in together and you do it right, then you got something. So I just want to, you know, want to solve it. So you're excited about that. You Like, you've, you've oh, got yeah. a certain amount of excitement. It seems like you're almost more excited about the potential of the software in some ways. No, just the whole thing. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about both. Nice. I'm really excited about both. I mean, I just, but I live this stuff every day, day yeah. to day out, right? I mean, this yeah. isn't like a, uh, an idea came up two weeks ago and I'm just like, yeah, both. you know, it's like, <laughs> I've been doing this for years. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, both the software and the thing and, and they're both working. They're both making a huge amount of progress. Um, and I enjoy it every day. I mean, I'm excited about it every day. So that's the measure of like, is this something that you really want to do so that every, you know, you can stay for the long haul. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the only way you ever really achieve anything. You got, that's why you got to, that's why you got to down to something that you're just like, you know, and I don't even, I'm not worried about the money. I'm not worried about recognition. I'm not worried about any of that stuff. I'm, I just, I get fulfillment. I get fulfillment out of teaching these kids and seeing them learn all this stuff and seeing the excitement that they have and the appreciation and enthusiasm of their parents. I mean, all this stuff is really fun just to see that in the software. It's like seeing it come together and the, and the, seeing the content get grow and become increasing quality in the software. It's cool. I mean, it's just, it's awesome. Yeah. Get that software done. I want to learn math, man. <laughs> get that software done. Yeah. I'm, um, I think realistically, I initially was shooting for, um, March, but I think realistically we could probably do it by summertime. But, you know, it's just, the thing is, one thing I was telling Alex about this is like, there's certain things with the software we really can't do until we have a lot of the content in place. So if I say like, you know, this idea about doing a diagnostic and having it ascertain where your weaknesses and strengths and we'll walk through a tree of prerequisites and stuff, that's not going to work very well unless you have all the prerequisites and all the content there, mm-hmm. right? And you need, and it mean and doesn't mean like you just have like a link to something it means you have a fully well written tutorial. Is it going to go all the way back to like basics? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it'll go back to just basic division and. I mean, it'll addition. start above. I mean, it's not going to do three year old math, but it'll start. To, it'll go down to pre algebra. I mean, if you can't add three plus five, I mean, that's you know, that's a different. Well, but what about division? You can't divide twelve. Uh, twelve by four. Well, I mean, like you. So, so I mean, the thing is, I. If someone like me, like I but, did, but can you? Can you develop twelve by? Could you know how to twelve divided by four? I mean, well, that's three, right? Okay, so you're fine. Yeah, but I mean, what about okay, long division? First thing about long division, um, nobody uses it. <laughs> I mean, really, you don't need to know long division to do algebra. I mean, everybody forgets. Okay, so how do I do this again? You know, it's like nobody does that. It's, it's okay, sort of. So, I mean, so, so you don't need that type of stuff. You don't need to, I mean, there's certain procedures that nobody is really using. I mean, long division is something that somebody, but the amount of times that someone has literally sat down and done a long division problem as an adult is pretty minimal. Most people will just say, okay, what's, if they do it in their head and they go, okay, what's 220 divided by 20? That's, oh, 11. Okay, okay how about? But what, what is, you know, or, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, so, but what is 
you know, 178 divided by three. They're going to be like, ah, screw it. Just How about learning math way. tables? Yeah, see, this, that's no. No? I, that's, that's, but, but is that, are you expecting that to be just already there? That's, because, for example, I, I don't have that. I mean, that's third grader math. I can't do that. Yeah, well, I don't have to tell you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so just doesn't matter. Just go away and do it. Yeah. How about just like a, a little paragraph that says, "By the way, we you know we expect you to already know your math tables and be able to do division, etc." Oh, might do something like that. But yeah, I mean, you, you know, we're expecting that you know grade school math. I mean, if you you should know math up through a fifth grader, you know. Okay, I don't know what fifth grade is, but whatever. Nine-year-olds, nine-year-olds. Okay. And, you know, I mean, that's like, it's only so low we could go. <laughs> I mean, I, we could theoretically go, but I don't think I want to have that. But it'll, um, it'll go up through undergraduate level math. So, but, so for example, you will have basic like trigonometry, like working with like oh, yeah. triangles, things like oh, that. Yeah. Oh, the, the beginning of that. Oh yeah. Well, the, like basic algebra. Okay. Well, we actually do adding and subtracting negative numbers. Okay. You know, like what's five minus three or what's okay. three minus five? I'm asking, what's, what's, what's three, three minus five? But, but, but uh, what? Three minus five. But first of all, what does that mean? Is it three taken away by five or five taken away by three? Three take away five. So three taken away by five is minus two? There you go. Right. All right, good. So that's the first lesson <laughs> to the fifth to the sixth grade. <laughs> all right. Nice. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny today, though. I, um, I, uh, there's this one problem that this just like I had this had this bug in the system and I had this huge elaborate workaround, you know, and I had solved it for months. It was kind of holding a lot of things up and I had this elaborate work on and then I just today I just said, you know, I think I have actually a much easier fix and I did it in like a half hour and I'm just like such an idiot. You know, and you feel that way and once it's I'm clever, I just can't you know, but like why didn't I think about this, you know, six months ago? Like what is my problem? Yeah. It's so frustrating. But I'm like both a happy and frustrated at myself. <laughs> Idiot. So okay, that's Math Academy. Um, yeah. Anything else you ha wanted to talk well, about? Let's, let's go back to you. So that's enough about me. So what's um? Well, Nugget basically just. I mean, I was hoping to launch uh, obviously January. Mm -hmm. um, my timeline's pushed back. I think February is going to be the launch, mm -hmm. and that's going to be the launch without the course. So it's going to have. Um, I thought it was. Those were going to be all about the courses. You decided you were going to stop everything else other than. Sell courses or something, wouldn't it? No. What do you, what does Nugget do then? Uh, it does uh, four things. It has um, ideas. Okay. So it has um, as you've done from the start. Okay, yeah. Next. So ideas. So basically, you can browse and search that, but it's not exactly the same as what I've done from the start. Okay. So what I've done from the start is is email out an idea every day. Okay. And have a discourse forum with those ideas, kind of collecting up. Okay. But now I've got I've built a purpose built platform. So in this purple pur purpose built platform, you can go in. I've like built a search engine and um, just made it really easy for you to kind of look through the ideas and discuss them. Um, and then I've put two types of ideas in the platform. So uh, in the old in the old system, it was um, just the premium ones that I picked. Mm -hmm. But now I've got everything. So there's going to be there's going to be like three a little over three thousand ideas, which are just raw ideas. So you can search through those. And then there's the already 520 plus premium stuff that I've done the analysis on. So you can do some pretty pretty good digging. You know, you can type in like Excel or Microsoft or iPhone or whatever and get lots of different, uh, you know, information coming back on that. And of the 3,000 raw ones, you know, you'll be able to comment on it. You'll be able to like it, save it, you know, 
um, hopefully people will act together in kind of developing it like one person might say oh i know something about that space here's something to consider you know so there'll be some discussion around that uh then i've built um like a a momentum tool so like like we discussed last time one of the big reasons that people fail is they just don't do shit mm -hmm. so i've built this tool this like punch card you kind of come onto the site you can check in every day and you can say what you've done mm -hmm. so a little bit like a stat like a the that email thing that you were going to do um what was that one where it was sent out to people and they they replied what they were going to do, what they'd done every day? Oh, yeah, like yeah, Vortex, Vortex. Yeah, 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 Vortex, yeah. So sort of a little bit like that, but it's just it's just kind of on the site. It's a form. I mean, maybe email, I don't know. Now that I'm just talking about it, maybe. So then there's, uh, you know, the community, there's the Slack channel. So I'm going to completely integrate Slack with the site. So when you when you kind of go into the main website, the main dashboard, you'll see the Slack discussion and you'll be able to reply to the Slack discussion right there. And from Slack, you'll be able to talk. So it'll be, it's kind of like a, a little bit of forumish, but Slackish kind of thing. Um, and then the Academy. So uh, the, different, the different plans that I've got are um, the starter plan where you've just got like the 3000 raw ideas, uh, nothing with analysis and just a discussion about them. And that's 10 bucks a month. Yeah. And then I've got the momentum plan, which is the, that momentum punch card tracker. So you're part of the community, all working together, shipping together. I've got live mentoring where I've got um, so far four mentors who are already earning, you know, five grand or more a month through apps they've built. And they're available on, on Slack, but yeah. also through the main dashboard. How do they get compensated? They're just doing it for to be nice. Okay. You know? Um, and you know, me as well, I'm one of those mentors. Okay. <laughs> and then the, uh, I've got 522 nuggets and I've also got another thing you get on the premium is if people have like submitted their contact details, their email address, you get access to that. If you pay that middle plan, which is 35 bucks a month, okay. so 35 bucks a month to get you all that. And you have not launched this yet or you are, when no, are you launching it? I haven't launched it. I'm, when? I was, I'm going to be launching it, uh, Feb one, I think. Okay. February so February. you're building us all yourself? Everything. Yeah. And so then. The final, the final piece is going to be the Startup Academy, which right now I've got as four payments of 497. Okay. So how much is Nugget making now? Uh, right now, not, not too much. Not too much. About um, a couple of thousand. Because you lowered your price because that one guy yeah. came in? Right. So now, no, not because uh, the one guy came in. No. Yay. That's what happened. The guy came in and was going to give away for free or give us cheap. And so you lowered your price to combat it. And then he didn't do it, remember? Oh, because of the one guy. Um, yeah. Yeah. You, you overreacted no, that to that one thing, right? I don't think so. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think the reason, I, I don't think so. I think that just, I think that's a separate thing. I think that I basically had been going at $49, $49 a month and I just felt like this isn't really worth $49 a month. I want to see what it's like. You know, I want to see if I can get better. It was a churn thing. It was something I was talking with you about a long time because churn was basically three months. People were leaving after three months. So I was like, look, I need to get this churn ratio down. I want to see how I can get people to stick around. And did it affect it or not? It didn't. Or just... No, it was exactly the same. So it just literally cut was your... exactly the same churn, but cut the revenue in half. Nice. Yeah. So it wasn't particularly great. <laughs> so <laughs> that was one of your. <laughs> it was an less experiment. Of, less it was an experiment. Yeah. No, actually, I wrote I wrote up a whole thing about it on um, Rob Walling's uh, forum, Founder mm -hmm. Cafe. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it wasn't related to See, the other I, guy. My recollection, I have to go back to my recollection is that you might have been thinking about that, but the other guy came in and you immediately reacted to that and you lowered it to match it, and then the guy was in there. So I thought you overreacted to to that. No, the way that I overreacted was to write a blog post, oh, you which, did that. which went on Hacker News and got really 
people like were pissed off about the privacy. Oh, I know about that. The privacy you know, we, we've, we've covered that, but I'm pretty sure that if you go to the podcast, that's when it happened. Because Phil and I were talking about that. We, we Look, were... you're going rec- to recognize two of these mentors, Dave, Dave Rod- Rodmore and um, Richard. Dave who? They, he's he's a, a, a guy who we met in um, MicroConf. Dave Roddenborough, I think his name is, his surname is. Okay. And then Richard, the... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Richard's in, uh, where is he? He's like in... He's in Taipei, Taipei right now. Right. Yeah. How's he doing? But he's doing good. He'll be he'll be back in next year. He says year. like the PHP yeah. uh, grid, grid or that's something. That's it, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's kind of looking good. That's yeah, pretty. You do you do good design work, I tell you what. Thanks. Look, this is the... This Your is... design aesthetic has improved over the years. I never was that crazy about some of the earlier stuff you did. I thought it was really kind of... I couldn't learn. You see. Busy. Well, no, yeah, but it was, it, it was, you used to be, it used to be much more, um, it was busier and 3D and heavy. This stuff is really clean. You didn't, I, I really, I really like the newer stuff you've done over the, ever since uh, light, you did a really nice job with the light design. And this is, this is, this is elegant. So look, so you I just, I just time. did punch that card right and then I'm going to do a little reply to oh, that. Nice. So, um, and then within the nugget section, um, there you go, and you know that at the moment I haven't passed anything in there, so there's only just a couple. Yeah, that's there. good, man. I'm, I'm I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Should yeah. I should I hire you to do the to for design for just some design work for me? You will. You'll you'll <laughs> get what you want. Um, I was going to say, check check out this. This is this is the so you click into the startup academy right now. It's just a pitch page, really, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a picture of mm-hmm. our family, and there's Laura who's going to be. Uh, co-working with uh-huh. me there. So uh-huh. Excuse me. Program basics. Anyway, so yeah, so um, it's all good. Um, I think it's going to go nicely. Launching that in hopefully February. That will be without the academy, but we'll get people queued up on the academy. What are you building all these? Is it a, is it a Laravel? Laravel, and I'm just I'm just doing all the JavaScript stuff. Is just vanilla based. Well, no, it's jQuery, but it's I, I it's so light and quick, like. No, I, I use these I use these these sites that are just built on JavaScript frameworks. And like every page you go into, it's got like a loading bar and it's like it's too much bullshit. I'm like, God man, you like to 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 comply with the functionality for any specific page, you know, you don't really need to write more than I don't know, let's say an absolute max of five hundred lines of code, you know, to just do basic stuff like, okay, I want to push something into the database, I want to do a nice little display effect here. And I, it's just crazy. So, so the pages load, you know, instantly, compared to some of these other things where they're building all these. Yeah, I mean, there are certain situations <laughs> where you want that stuff. It's like a single page app, and it's be really sophisticated. But most of them, I don't think it's necessary. I think people. Well, this over... is basically a hybrid between a single page app and and a, a normal site. It's just I'm just kind of breaking down the code that's needed for any page. So every page is a single page app, but just with a very small amount of code. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I as no, you, the same thing as I you do. know, I've done single page. We've done single page apps to, yeah. to death, you yeah. and I both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but right. I think the new, you know, I, I think that even if we did a single page app, it still would be nothing compared to these kind of like React style Overcooked apps. hams? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it was funny. I was like, yeah, I know. I just, uh, I know we've had this discussion before. I'm, I'm, I like to keep things light. I don't, I don't, the problem is, is that you get a lot of these frameworks and a lot of times you just like, 
you like, how do I make us do this other thing? Yeah. How do I make this? It's like, well, you can't because of this, and you got to go all these components. It's just like, it's like if I could just do this myself, it'd be like five lines of code, you know? Like, why can't I just do this, you know? And and to and to to reap the gains of some of the things that the framework is supposed to do for you of organize of creating some structure and whatever. Now all of a sudden, doing a lot of things that you want to do is there, is there not possible? You've really, really got to complex. understand something like. With with Laravel, it's taken me a lot of years working with Laravel to be able to fine tune the queries, the way the queries work, and get really good results. I I pulled in someone's um, so to to make life easier, I pulled in someone's uh, class likable. It's called it's called likable. It just means that you can add this like you know like functionality to every one of your models. I mean the way that the way that they had used the system and the ORM to create the look up the like counts was super slow. Yeah, super slow. So I just, I'm just like, okay, look, I'm just gonna, you know, hand roll this to make it mm -hmm. really fast. And you know, I see that a lot um, where it's just not optimized. They're doing it the right way, but it's slow. Yeah, well, that's so. It's funny because I had built everything. I had written everything with raw SQL, and I had, you know, probably like fifty. SQL queries that were like, you know, half a screen to a screen long. This is know? for Math Academy? Yeah, really. You know, they're sophisticated. That's uh, yeah, a that's lot of sophisticated. Yeah. And, um, you know, I brought Sivalod in and I was like, okay, we want to refactor this thing. Because there's a lot of things that need to be refactored. And he was like, can we use an ORM? And I was like, if you want, go ahead. So he rewrote everything as an ORM. And it all works the same. I mean, it took a while to get there. We had a lot of bugs yeah. creep into that and subtle things. And, um, you know, looking at the ORM, I'm like, okay. You know, it looks it's a little simpler in some cases um, than, than the SQL. SQL is, some SQL is pretty elaborate. You know, have all these joins and subselects and whatever. And um, But I don't always know what's going on. <laughs> So I have to like learn and whether ORM we're using as next. Were you doing binding in your SQL or was that were you just kind of injecting the variables? Oh no, I would do like a well, I had written my own sort of parameter binding thing that would Got it, do right. it. So I I did the binding as well. Uh I'm getting a few a few people for oh, you know Easy SQL, which I haven't touched for years. Yeah. Like I'm getting a few people saying, Come on guys, you gotta update this library, you gotta put binding in here. Oh, you didn't it doesn't do that? Even do that, right? Yeah. Did you sanitize it somehow? Or yeah, it's, it's sanitized. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's just not. It, it, it was before that was a was a thing. Yeah, you. Know? you, you it's really you, old. I mean, you wrote that in when two thousand thousand. Yeah, two thousand one. Yeah, that is yeah. old. Um, yeah. So I, I think of the ORM stuff. I think it's like it's easier, probably faster to write an ORM because because otherwise you write the SQL code and they have to write a lot of code to kind of figure out how to pull the results out in a way that you can use them in their code. You know, there's sort of like you write the query and where the ORM it's kind of all one and the same. You know, you're 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 writing the your little, you know, join on this and where this and then it all kind of comes out how you want it. But uh, it seems to me that you know there are but you it's just like the optimization stuff. You just can pick and choose where you want to optimize it. You know, if it's all working fine, don't worry about it. Just write an ORM and then as soon as you're like, okay, this is a this is a dog. Yeah, kill it and, and then spend and you know a couple hours writing a super fine-tuned query and, and and I've found yeah so I found some of the complex stuff um, to do with with ORM is is the joy is like complex joins like it's it's simple if you're just doing a left join on one thing but if you want to do like a left join on multiple you know multiple fields mm -hmm. 
um, and then you know do some kind of subselect of that, then it starts being complicated and the pro and it starts being slow. You know, yeah. depending on how you do it. I haven't actually measured. I haven't measured the query speeds. I mean, I've just. I mean, we actually we just literally rolled out the real version like last week. Finally, it was finally rolled out to where I didn't have to revert back. <laughs> you know, it's been out like. And, a, and so that's been mainly for him doing all the queries. Is that a bulk of his work? Uh, no, I mean, it was like, I was using mustache as like my template library instead of like, yeah. you know, what I can, EJ, I don't know what the hell he, he is called, the, whatever, we use all the latest stuff, all is, the latest is node his, stuff. Is it still, uh, still node? Your so everything's node. on node. Everything's yeah. node and it's all that the ES6, it's all moved over. I had all callbacks, now it's all using promises and oh, okay. I mean, everything's yeah. like really slick and advanced. I mean, I was writing node like it was 2012. Right. You know, no promises, no ES6, no classes, no, um, you know, there was, you know, I mean, it was just, it worked and it was, but I was like, you know, if I'm going to bring in, and so if you want to get a, a really first class developer to come in and do it, he's like, yeah, this is kind of, so I'm like, all right, fine, look, you write the whole thing, mm -hmm. you know, and, and it all looks kind of the same. It all works the same way. It's just just using modern idioms and modern libraries and it's like fine man if you want to do an orm and you want to do promises and stuff then do it it'll still do the same yeah, thing. yeah you see that's something i just don't care about for nugget yeah. like you know i mean i just i don't need to care about it I, all i just i just needed to be fast i needed to look good is it laravel it's laravel yeah yeah well so that's i mean that's way more modern than if it was you know oh, your, yeah. your php code my so own my own framework which that's i what I'm used saying. For quite, so you like, so tennis. you have moved yeah i mean, yeah, I mean yeah. But if, but if, from a JavaScript point of view, I haven't moved because I just don't, I don't have a reason to yet. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that stuff too. I. It's interesting though. I mean, I'm I'm kind of been learning. I mean, I had never used promises. I had never used them. So I kind of been looking through his code because, at first, he was just writing everything. Yeah. I wasn't. He just refactored the whole damn thing. And then when it kind of came out, and then I was like, okay. I need, there are things that I want to do just because to have, have him do it is going to require a lot of work on, on my part to get him to understand because it's very like UI um, sort of, it's just very much a product thing. It's like, how is this, how does it need to work as a product? And a lot of times, you know how this is, you get in there and you start coding it and you start seeing how it feels. You're like, ah, this kind of sucks. Like, you just kind of need to do it yourself. And I could do that stuff really quickly. And I enjoy doing it, but I don't really enjoy doing lots of really high fidelity mockups and writing lots of text when I could have done that in half the time, <laughs> you know, it's just mm. annoying. But I have him doing a lot of, first of all, he has to fix all, he does all the infrastructure stuff, a lot of the kind of plumbing, a lot of the, a lot of sort of the, the a lot of the backend stuff, but anything that requires a lot of just like, hey, there's this whole new UI feature and all this, I'll kind of do that stuff. Um, because it, not only is it stuff that I want to do, but a lot of times I just haven't thought it out well enough. Yeah, you're doing like hackers and painters type stuff, you know, you're coding and painting at the same time. Yeah. So, but I mean, there's certain bugs or there's certain things that have just need to be fixed for a long time that are just very complicated and time consuming. And I was like, I just don't have time to do that. Like, you're just going to, like, we were, like the, you know, I showed you before how we have images and graphics embedded in the, the really good by the way that that the way that you've got that latex code 
which people are just hand coding the latex stuff. Yeah. Then that's go going to some server, which is like creating a PDF and then converting that PDF into an image. Yeah. For the, this is just great. for the graphics. That and then the rest really is nice. all. Yeah. And then I used to have just, well, thank you. The, the, I used to just generate client side JavaScript, but now we generate that on the server. So all stuff is pre-generated. So it comes up really fast. And there's no like jerking around and mm -hmm. convulsing of the page. But so one of the things that like Alex wanted and the instructors wanted was like, you know, let's say you're doing a like, which of this, which, so here's a function, which of the graphs match this function. So every choice has to have a graphic, like having the choices represent, have, have graphics and the choices and then, or images, I should say. And then, you know, but these are not images. These are dynamically things that we dynamically generate that are then saved for future reference. And then, um, then there's on the explanation, having graphics in there. I mean, it was just like getting all that to work. And then it's like when you're doing a preview and you generate the preview, don't regen it on the server, just copy the preview. It was like all this crap that would just take a lot to get right. And I was like, uh, you do that. <laughs> That's going to take like all day or two days to get that working right. And then it was like, I mean, anyway, we, on all this like text, because I have to have Markdown, because the, all, the, all the tutorials are written using Markdown, but it has to work with MathJax and they don't play well together. Yeah. So you have to write your own preprocessor to go through. So what I do is I go through and I search through inline and block <coughs> MathJax. So there's like code, like this is an inline equation or here's a block. We use MathJax on, on Monteach. Yeah. So what I do is I go through, search, replace any of those things with a like a placeholder, MathJax placeholder. And then, placeholder, then we go through, run the markdown preprocessor, and then we go through and replace. Where are you doing markdown? Client side or back end? Well, previewing has to be client side, but then um, what we do, for, well, it depends. Um, for questions, I do client side, but for tutorials, which are long, um, I, we, we, every time you save it, it renders it on the server, and then we save that into an HTML field so that it just loads. Yeah. I've been want... thinking doing, I've been thinking about doing markdown as well, just for the comment, for the comments. And it's, there's so many libraries out there, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, if you're just doing Markdown by itself, I mean, yeah. that's like three lines of code, man. Yeah. Include light Markdown library and then process the Markdown done. I think I'll do it client side. Just so our, the whole thing's just rendered. Yeah. That's good. That's good. But I'll keep, I'll store it just regular. I won't store it in any way, you know, I'll just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, it was funny today, you know, I was like, I was really enjoying just, coding on this stuff yeah you know because we have a three-day weekend so it's uh we've got cords on my stuff yeah it's it's just fun to just sit down and just oh yeah like build stuff and like it's it's nice but it's really nice to have a, a full-time developer to say all the stuff that i know needs to get done but i don't really want to do that's just i don't have time to like you do that <laughs> then i can kind of pick and choose the things that i think i can really make an impact on you know, because Civilod is, you know, like he, he's a front, he's a full stack developer, but it doesn't mean you're a designer. It doesn't mean you're a product guy, right? And so you have to, to do product, you have to have a, what you smiling at? You're like, I'm smiling because every time you say it, it sounds like you say save a lot, which is save really funny lot. because save you're, saving, you're saving a lot of money by using this guy. Save so. a lot. Yeah, save a lot. Yeah. Save a lot. <laughs> save a lot. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, all right. So let's talk. Well, what do you want to talk, do? Some tech stories or something? Oh, you know, what I want to talk about. No, I do. I don't. TV I shows. TV shows. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm sure you've watched Stranger Things. 
I mean, are you kidding? I watched Stranger Things a long time ago. I told you about it. Oh, my God. It's such a good show. You watch it? both seasons? Oh, yeah. It's a great show. So we just it's, finished season two. Like, it's just beautifully done. Everything about it is beautiful. Like, it's just yeah. so 80s. Well, you know what's great about it? They're exactly our age. Or like my, or my, I mean, they be, and they, they're like oh, the, thirteen and like nineteen eighty three. Oh, those those guys who wrote who wrote it, the brothers, yeah. the the yeah, well, so what the are they kids. called? Yeah, the, the 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 Duffer brothers. Duffer brothers. But it's so, so the, the, what is taking place? Those kids are like twelve, thirteen in like nineteen eighty three, which is exactly my age. I know, and, and so it's, it's, exactly, it's close to me. It's close exactly. to me. Yeah, and in the, you know, like Ghostbusters and Dungeons it's and Dragons, crazy, yeah. and you know, I was just like, oh my god, like it just feels. It's per, it, and the, but the music, even though the music is modern music, it just feels like somehow it's straight out of eighties, but at the same time, it's also very, very modern. Yeah, it's perfect. Did you have you heard those guys being interviewed about how their writing process? No. So they they do this thing which is really cool. They, when they write scripts, okay, they basically sit uh, next to each other, but so they can kind of look at each other but not see each other's screen. They use a Google Doc, mm -hmm. and they basically battle the script. So one, one guy's going to, he'll write a line, another guy, oh, that's shit, and he'll delete it. And then he'll write something else. And they, they just create this whole, this whole script in this, like, paired programming style battle. Wow. How cool is that? That is cool. Yeah, very cool. I mean... The thing about the show is it's it has some elements of of kind of weirdness and scariness. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a little scary at times, right? I was a little I'm worried about my daughter, uh, Izzy and Ari watching it, but it, Colby started watching, it. he's fine. Yeah. I mean it's, oh, it, it's it, a little it, it's a little scary. It, it, yeah, it's it's it takes it it's takes creepy and scary takes scariness to the next level. Some of the some of the imagery that they've yeah, got. The, yeah. I mean, it's it's they're scary. it's scary. Yeah. At times. And then it is funny it's hilarious yeah. at times it's endearing and cute charming at times i mean it's a real mix of 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 sort of genres in a way which makes it really great the character oh god you're saying well you know that stranger things when when that came out the word of mouth effect was so huge it bumped like four million subscribers into netflix oh did it like it it, it made it it made a, a massive difference to their complete bottom line like you know and the, <laughs> the well in the the characters are great. I love that police guy. He reminds me of you, the policeman. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? He's just, just he's just like butt. just like an old American grouchy guy, like you know, <laughs> <laughs> kind of matter good, of fact to the good, point. A good heart, but kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> like he just, ah, this is what we're doing. Yeah, it, I swear when he the way he's interacting with her. The girl, the daughter. Yeah, and it kind of reminds me of how my daughter sometimes, you know, they're like, da, da, da. you're like. Like that's what we're having breakfast now. This is what we're doing, you know. <laughs> you know, that's the rule, you know. Um yeah, I mean uh, he's Hopper is But the acting is incredible. Winona Ryder's acting, incredible. Just really spot on. Exactly the kind of terror that you would get from a mom who was just who was just so into their kid not being hurt, you know. Oh, and she was great. I love the office manager. And when Hopper's like having a donut, she'll just grab the donut out and hand him an apple. It's so funny. Or the kids are amazing. They're so well cast. Oh, they are. And the um, you know, who my favorites is it's my my the one of my favorites is Steve. 
who starts out as kind of like an, an you know kind of the asshole boyfriend and then you're like oh yeah, then, yeah, then yeah you get to like him he's yeah. actually a good guy Steve, yeah you know and and a lot of ways and he's great he's great but then the um my favorite character he's almost he has almost no screen time but he's still my favorite every time he kills me is uh, mike's dad who's just totally out of it you know mike mike He's the he's the guy who's just like, you know, when the one son comes to him, I mean, the one kid comes to him and he's like, "Where's Mike?" Dad? And he's like, "I don't know." He's like, "Where's Dean?" Like, oh know. wait, Mike's, oh Mike's dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's really deadpan. He's married to the really, woman who's always doing yeah, her nails. Yeah, really yeah. pretty. And he's just yeah. kind of out of it. He's sitting in his chair yeah. sleeping or whatever. Yeah. The guy comes up. He's like, he's like, "Where's Nancy?" He's like, "Honey, where's Nancy?" She's not here. Oh, where's the? Uh, you know, was was there a said? Where's um. Where's Mike? He's like, uh, not here either. He's like, apparently my my kids don't live here anymore. Are we done here? I don't know. I mean, it's like, um, and funny. We watched like the first two or th- two episodes, and Sandy was like, "Well, what do you think?" And I was like. Yeah, well, actually, first episode, she said, what do you think? I said, well, I think it's good, worth another episode. So we watched the second one, and then she's like, what do you think? And I was like, yeah, I think I'm in. She's like, I was actually thinking I'm done. I was like, really? really? She's like, it's just too creepy and slimy. And, she and so, what is, so what does she think now she's seen all of it? Well, well, she didn't. I kept her in for like four or five episodes of first season. And then she just was like, I just... Like she's like I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's just too creepy. It's too 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 gross. You know whatever. And so I was like, all right, fine. So I watched like a couple episodes of The Outer, and then she kind of walked, came back, and she, I was I just finished watching an episode or something, and she's like, what? Um, and, and I so I kind of told her everything that happened. I was like, oh, this is what happened. This happened. This is great. <laughs> and Harper comes in, he punches this guy. It's awesome. And she's like, she's like, all right, I'll watch it. And then of course she got into it. And then we, oh, she really enjoyed the second season. And then. So she, it's rare for a set like it's rare for something to be such high quality two seasons the second season was just as high quality as the first season in I fact like in the some ways better, better. Yeah, i was gonna I say it yeah. even better frankly the character development was really really good i just there's there's not everything about it's good it's just not i mean every it's really weird every arc is just exactly right it's not a lot of plot holes not a lot of things you're like that's stupid they should, this wouldn't happen that way a lot of things it's like but you know what's funny thing is i always admit, i always sort of I've I've noted this to Sandy a number of times. It's like if you watch it, you wouldn't necessarily know it's in the '80s because the '80s are not that much different than now. We don't have cell phone, we don't have smartphones, and we don't have the internet. Yeah. But other than that, life is pretty similar. Uh. I mean that. I mean, you know where the sh- thing is shot? I will. I'm like, oh my god, that's outside Atlanta because I the type of trees. Oh really? Okay. That's where I grew up. I oh, mean, wow. it so looked that must like to, you. to me, it looked like a. I grew up you know, out in the kind of suburbs and all these newer suburbs it was kind of like you know there's still farms around here and there and it was still kind of some old small town area in the area so it looked very similar to that we still ride our bikes everywhere and walk down like train tracks and we would just take i mean that was kind of like how i grew up very Mm -hmm. similar and so i I looked at that i know it's supposed to be shot in indiana i'm like hell that didn't shine that's that's atlanta and just like when I was watching Walking Dead, I'm like, oh my god, that's that's Atlanta. So, well, that's what I liked about Future Man because I kind of recognized the LA aspect of it, and mm-hmm. there was some Pasadena, you know, shoots in there. Um, but one thing I was going to say about that about Stranger Things, that bully guy in the second season, Billy, Billy, Billy the bully, yeah, like it, that was one part of the plot that just didn't seem to resolve itself. 
I don't know. It just didn't get fully resolved. It doesn't have to be fully resolved. We'll see. Yeah, yeah but you uh, but know. maybe maybe season three he's going to be more of a character. I don't know. Will they do a season though. three? Who knows? That's good though. That's good. I for all you people out there, yeah, <laughs> I I recommend it. watch watch Stranger Things. You will uh, you'll like it. Hey, it's like a lot of shoes though. It takes a few episodes to really get into. I think it gets it gets better and better over time. Picks up momentum as you get to know the characters because. It is very much a character-driven story. It's not just about the thing that's happening. It's about getting to know the but characters. It, it's not just that. It's like, a, <clears throat> it's in, the, in the same way that Breaking Bad is sort of like perfect television, almost like an art piece. Mm-hmm. It's like that. It's like this art piece, like every, the way every angle's done. The, but, but it's not an art piece in the sense of it's up its own ass. It's not precious it's, or anything. It's not it's precious, or... but it's just really well done. It's just like, oh yeah, that's really they just, good. They just did it, yeah. <laughs> the the um the music's very good with it. The audio track really makes it. Yeah, they did. That's true. The um you know, interesting. So remember I told you so X Files. Oh yeah. The season eleven, I guess is on there. Yeah, season twelve, whatever. I watched it's on. that show, that one that you thought was so, funny. So I said, hey, because I I was texting you and I was like, dude, X-Files will come up. And you're like, yeah, I didn't really watch X-Files. I'm like, all right, listen, listen. Watch Bad Blood. I can't remember what episode it's called. I think it's like season five, something like that. And so just watch this. My favorite, season five is my favorite episode of television, of anything I've seen. Right, it's yeah. just, it's so funny and But I think clever. part of the reason why you really like it is because you've, you know those characters so, so well. You do. Well, so, so by the, t- no, but I mean for you yeah, specifically. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't think I got the same, same level of enjoyment out of it as you because I hadn't been with them for five but seasons. But you did really like it. I did right? like it. I thought it was really good, yeah. Well, and it turns out that that episode was written by the creator of Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah, so yeah. you're wondering, like, because it was so tight. Yeah. It worked so well. It was so damn clever. The lines were so well written. And you're just like, damn. And then you're like, okay, right. So they got this. This and this guy's in such incredible talent. Yeah. I mean, the thing about Breaking Bad, which, which was so amazing about it, was there was just no plot hole, right? Everything just worked. It makes sense. They didn't like... There was did, no, you, uh, did you watch all of Breaking I Bad? Haven't, I'm, I'm on the season two, and I'd be kind of stalled out on it. But I do recognize well, the it, quality of the show. Well, part of the reason why you don't watch Breaking Bad is because it feels like there's a this cognitive overload of just like, oh my God, I know it's going to go down from here. It's not yeah. going to go up. And it's yeah. like, am I, am I in the right frame of mind to just go de- deeper with him? <laughs> you know, it's like Sopranos. Yeah, yeah. It just, Sopranos, it just make you feel bad. It's like just people's lives are so screwed up. And everything, things, every time things started to look up a little bit, you know they were just going to sabotage, self-sabotage. Yeah. yeah. And so it was kind of like, I mean, it's, it's different, but it just kind of made me depressed and frustrated. Yeah. You know, or depressed and anxious. And so I don't really like... You still watch um, Walking Dead? You know, I stalled out on it last season, and I, I need to get back. I got like halfway through last season. Uh, what was the what was it that did it for you? Like the new the new baddie uh, isn't really Negan. Doing, yeah, Negan. You know, the whole Negan thing. Like I watched it to the point where you know they're like kind of working for Negan, and then there's the the hilltop, and they're kind of trying to now they're just at the beginnings of trying to figure out how do we fight against Negan and stuff, and. You know, it was all right. It was just, it was, I don't know. I mean, it just wasn't as as, as interesting for me as years before when they were just kind of fighting through stuff. It was just, it was just a whole different dynamic. I it just, I'm not mm. saying it was bad. I just, Negan was such an ass. Yeah. It was just hard to watch him all the time, even though he was, he played it perfectly. Yeah. He was just such a jerk that it was just like, 
man, I just hate even watching this guy. Yeah, that's some that's some deaths. Yeah, you know? I mean, it was so he's so mean. It was just hard to. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, the thing I got more into was watching Fear the Walking Dead, which in the beginning really kind of sucked. I mean, I watched Fear the Walking. Oh, Fear of the Walking Dead was good. Yeah. Yeah, not it's fear of the walking, not fear of the walking. Fear, so fear the, the, the walking, walking dead. dead. Yeah, dumb good. name, dumb name. Yeah. So, but oh, I want to. But the first two seasons really kind of the first kind of dumb. I got to tell you a show that has just got better and better, and it's the dumbest show in the entire world. But it, every season has gotten better. It's the Last Man on Earth. Have you watched it? No. It is. I see. I don't know if you could make it through season one and a bit. To start really getting into it. Okay. But it is, it's, it's so like high school kind of level humor in a way. Uh Like who's the guy who stars in it? He's the guy from SNL. Um, oh, I don't know what, I don't know what his name is. Wait. Bill. I, yeah. I thought it was the Galifianakis when I first saw it. No, Baskets, it's not Galifianakis. he looks a little like him. Yeah. He just says be- darker guy with beard. I mean, he just, when I saw the previews. and Because I've seen the previews for Baskets, which I think Galifianakis. I think it's yeah. Will Forte is his name. Yeah, Will Forte. It's it's just like, I mean, I'm, I'm not giving much of the plot away. Basically, just, just the, for example, the, the very first episode, like, He's just there. He's everyone's died of a virus, and it's, so it's it's like it's apocalypse type situation. But he's just such a doofus. <laughs> he's like yeah. the biggest doofus in the world. So like you know, there's like what a normal person like you would do, and there's yeah. what this guy would do. And what he thinks the best thing to do is to blow up a little paddling pool and fill it with basically tequila and pina colada and just like have a bath in it, reading porn. <laughs> and so like that is just how it's how it starts right and then you know he meets um he meets this this other woman who's there who's alive and she is and both of them are just like idiots just yeah like (laughs) she's driving she's 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 driving along and she's stopping at every stop sign (laughs) (laughs) he's like why are you stopping at every stop sign (laughs) you know anyway it, it just it's just got better the plot has developed better and um I just think, you know, we're on season, I think we're on season four now, and uh, or even five. It's very Movies. Good. So oh, yeah, here's on. a movie I just saw, which is old news probably to most people, but if you haven't seen it, watch it, is The Big Short. Uh, I haven't seen that, no. I haven't watched a lot of movies lately. Okay, Big Short, you can get it off of whatever, Netflix or something, Amazon oh, yeah. or Hulu, whatever, that we watch it. That was, that was exceptionally good. What's, what's, the, what's, the, what's it about? What are you, what, use Adam? Yeah. As, your, as your editor? Yeah. Okay. I use um, VS Code, which is really good. Um, Adam's, so, Adam's good, surprisingly good, for a, for an entirely JavaScript-driven system. It's just JavaScript? Yeah. So what do you do PHP in? No, no. It's written in JavaScript. Oh, written in JavaScript. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So the next, the other one is, that I recommend that I really like, my two of my favorite You didn't tell me what Big Short was about. Oh, it was about the housing market, you know, crashing. Like oh, the guys okay. who 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 saw it coming and you know, sh- you know, obviously shorted it, right? It was based yeah. on Michael Lewis's book, The Big Short. Okay. Um, he did the movie. You you you, you saw um, uh, Moneyball, right? Yeah. So you like Moneyball? It was good. Yeah. There's some elements that kind of Moneyballish in some okay. ways. It was just very well done. The um, another one I really liked with Michael Keaton was The Founder. 
about Ray Kroc and McDonald's. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. No. Oh, jeez. That was really... You know, it's funny. I mean, I don't, even, I don't even remember hearing... I think I, I heard someone talking about it on, like, NPR or something. I, I, I caught, like, the last, you know, two minutes of these reviewers talking about the founder, and then I, I never saw it. And then, you know, I don't know, this is, like, four or five months ago, sometime in the summer, and it was, like, a Sunday afternoon. I was kind of working in the office, and... I had a lot to do, and I, I came out and seen. He's like, she's like, why don't you take a break and just watch, watch this movie with Colby and I? And I was like, I don't know. So, but I was kind of standing there watching it, and it's already like 10 to 15 minutes in the movie. But then I couldn't stop watching it. Just so got I, sucked so you I was in. like, all right, screw it, I'll watch it. But just like the Big Short, I mean, the founders of those movies, I feel like I was thinking about for two or three days later. Mm. You know, those kind of movies that are that good that you just, yeah. And uh, so those are my two like surprising movies, and then I want everybody. Everyone's seen, I think, probably La La Land. Oh, La La Land was amazing. Yeah, I mean that's just that goes without just saying. Just amazing. I, I want to say something that I didn't mention, which is um, on on Amazon Prime, um, Electric Dreams, Philip K. Dick, Electric Dreams. So it's it's free. It's on Amazon Prime if you're a Prime member. What is it? It's basically you know Philip K. Dick, right? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, yeah, the yeah, writer. Do, of, like, do, well, the. Like, um, do androids dream of a electric, it, electric sheep, sheep? Right. Yeah. yeah. And so, so basically, well, that, that was that was what Blade Runner was based off. Right. Right. Well, so Electric Dreams is a series. He's done it's it's with a series of his short stories. Okay. Uh, or I'm not sure if it's specifically his short stories or maybe inspired by him, but I think it might be his short stories modernized. And um, it's almost like uh, <clears throat> we used to have this we used to have this Roald Dahl thing called the what was it called the Tales the Twisted Tales or something. But anyway, each episode is sort of, it's sort of like Black Mirror-ish in a sense. Like it just shows you an interesting perspective. But he thinks, he Black Mirror is very close to our existing technology level. Mm-hmm. Everything Philip K. Dick does is like really in the future, you know. Okay, so but this, it's really, this is on Netflix or what? Uh, it's on Amazon Prime. It's really, really good electric though. Electric Cheap? Yeah, Electric Dreams. Dreams. And it's it's star-studded. Like every every episode has has like a, ma- a major person, you know, like really good people in. It's really good acting. It's done very well. Very, very, very well. So what'd you, uh, what'd you get for Christmas? Anything? Oh, not much. Um, not much. We don't, like, Georgie and me, we don't really do big Christmas presents because we spend a lot um, on each other in other ways, like, tra- you know, doing big travel things or things mm-hmm. like that. Um, so well, I, I, I mean, I'm not really expecting it. I would just, but the other thing is I just buy whatever I want. You right, know? right. No, I, I know. I'm just, I'm just sort of, okay. So let me ask you, what did excuse. you get for Christmas? What did you get for Christmas? Um, what did I get for Christmas? I didn't really. Oh, so it wasn't a leading question. I'm trying to think. No, uh, but one thing we did do though, is we got, um, uh, we got a new, so what we wanted to do is want to get a second, um, PS4, because oh, yeah. Kobe. Because the thing is, I want to play video, Kobe. Kobe wants to play video games together, but all the video games that we both want to play are not dual player. It's like oh, okay. you know, or I, you know, so I was like, this is not fun. They it's, can play networked. Uh, yeah, but then you're not in the same room. It's not really we're spending time together. As so I was like, I, t- I, t- I was telling Stan, I was like, well, why do you know? It just sucks because it'd be nice to play together. She's like, why don't we just get a, another one? And she's like, we'll just move. We'll get a new TV for our bedroom. And we'll move our smaller flat screen TV and, and sit it on the the sort of the I don't know what you call it the um, table that's below the our big our giant flat screen. Yeah. And so now we have two PS4s 
one hooked up to each TV. And so, because I want to be able to play like Doom together. That's what I, yeah, that's what I meant <laughs> when I say networked. Yeah. yeah. So oh yeah, cool. network. I think you meant like over the internet. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so that's, and then we got a VR system for it. So the Have kids, you used that VR system? I haven't. Huh. I know you were used that's to. So, that's the Sony VR, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't used that. I haven't yeah, used they, that. It, um, I haven't, the kids were, have used it. So, you know, we were gone uh, for a lot of the vacation and stuff, but um, so we didn't get as much time to, to play on it because we were visiting her parents and everything. But the, um, the playing Doom on that was really cool. Um, yeah, nice. But we got a uh, we got a new flat screen for our bedroom, and Sandy's she she was like, well, ostensibly from Santa, but <laughs> so we got the <laughs> thanks, the, Santa. Yeah, so we got the um, she, Sandy's like shopping, and she's like, well, what size should we? Get? She's like, well, should I get like a uh thirty six or a forty? I'm like, uh, she's I'm like, what's bigger? She's like fifty. I'm like, get the fifty. She's like. 50 really i like i get the 50 inches i'm like how much is it she's like it's 80 dollars more i'm like well they get the 50 <laughs> and then she gets it and it's just you know 50 is like a giant thing and you know first it like seemed enormous like it's you know in our in our bedroom but we had it installed on the wall yeah. and now it's like it's like 4k it's like that ultra hd and it looks incredible i mean we're watching this stuff as like I was watching these reruns of the X-Files and I was just like, my, my jaw was dropped. I was like, oh, was just, I couldn't stop watching because it, it was so beautiful. Yeah. How, how, you know, you know, you watch just, for example, like an X-Files, you'd watch a lot of scenes like this, the screen would hardly go black. Like I can't even see what's going on. It's so dark. Yeah. And, but I mean, they don't mean it to be that way, but the way my screen, my TVs look, I can't see anything. And this has been on most of the TVs of our own. I, it's like, it goes black for like 30 seconds and people are rummaging around in a room. You're like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> stupid. And I was like, they shouldn't have shot at this dark. But now on this TV, you can, like it's balanced the right way. And it actually huh. takes in, it takes in consideration the luminosity of the room itself, how well <laughs> it lets, lights itself or something. So incredible. And it That's was like great. 500 bucks. No, <laughs> five or like even less, like four hundred eighty bucks. Isn't it crazy? This, That's this really same, this fifty-inch Ultra HD Smart. That know, would be uh, like ten grand when it, you know, when those things yeah, are first out. Yeah, I mean, it was it's incredible. It's like super thin, and it's all, and it's got all the Netflix and Hulu and Amazon all integrated into like so one Samsung, remote. Yeah. Well, yeah. see, the one thing that sucked before is like we've had like three or four remotes and i was like god i hate all this bullshit yeah, like i'll yeah. like click this on and turn this off so i never watched any of the netflix stuff or amazon stuff because it was such a pain in the ass yeah i'm like how do i get here again we got to click this and you got to click the source and you got to let this thing to boot up and i'm like this screw it like if it's not on the dvr i'm just not gonna worry about it <coughs> but now like, i don't watch cable tv anymore because i have because we have netflix and hulu and amazon and it's just like bloop you know and yeah. it's like whatever i want whenever i want it i know like cable incredible. cable companies must be shitting themselves at this stage in it's just incredible um yes i was really i was really happy about that present from santa <laughs> the other thank you santa thank you santa. the other thing is um this wasn't actually from um christmas it's for for colby and i our birthdays are a week apart in september and sandy got us a um Season passed to Mountain High. Oh, nice! For uh, skiing, and snowboarding. Okay. So, we've 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 gone up there a couple of times. We were going to go this week, in the middle of the week, um, but Colby was too sore from something he had, one of his sports things. He's like, I, I just <laughs> don't want to go. But we can just go up like on a weekday, week right after school, three fifteen. We have all our gear in the car and just <laughs> go. We can be there by four. We can be on the slope within. 
by 4.30. <laughs> and we got, so because we got season passes, so we don't have to stay in any lines. We already got the things and we all have our own gear. And so we just like walk up and then I also splurged and got the line cutter passes. So we go to the, if there's ever a line, we go to the front of the line. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and so <clears throat> we could get like, I haven't really had to use that much because a lot of times it just hasn't been that packed. But if we ever went on like a Saturday when there's a lot of snow and a long line, we just, we get the VIP How long line. does it take to drive there? Uh, about an hour 15. Huh. You know, okay. with, with moderate traffic. I mean, if there's no traffic. And how many, st- so that's closer than Big Bear then? Oh yeah, that was like three hours and you got to go up. And how many amount. slopes? Oh, that's a lot. I mean, when it's, so right now it's like man-made snow. There's, I mean, it's, oh, man-made. Okay. it's, I mean, it's fine. I mean, it's not mammoth, but yeah. I mean, I, I was timing it. It took us, we would go up, um, one of the express lifts It would take it up and you, but you know, it's mostly, it was like a lot of black diamond stuff. So it's, it's like, you know, harder stuff. And we go down pretty fast. And we would go, we could go do a full turn all the way up and down in about 13 minutes. Is there always snow there then? Uh, yeah, because they, the, they have the massive, they, they, they invested a bunch into man-made snowmakers and they have a big reservoir. So they just... Can you like send me a link to Aura the directions? Because we, we really want to take Jack to a place to just play in some snow. Um, <clears throat> and like there's nothing, there's no snow anywhere right now. Not in, you know, yeah, any, about how, but you know what? Just there'll be something soon enough, and it'll be right up, and you can just go up to the Angeles Crest, maybe. Just wait. Because normally we go to uh, Big Bear or something well, like a, that. That's, that's really three far, hours yeah. away. That's what I was saying. Yeah, send me a link so that I so it's somewhere much mountain high, just mountain high, mountain high. Okay, I'll check mountain it out. High. Yeah. Um, but uh, so it's so uh, it's so awesome. That just the just the prospect of it's like seventy degrees outside, walking around in, in sandals and a t-shirt, and right after school. It's not even another weekend. Let's just like Kobe doesn't have baseball practice or something. Like let's go and we just go up and. That's very cool. And that's so. It's just awesome that you can do that. And now he's as good. I, I talked about the list last year, I think, but he's as good as I am now. So it's not like I'm kind of like going on baby stuff, waiting for yeah. him. It's like he and I are. He'll be better than you soon, right? Oh yeah, he'll kick my butt in a few years, I'm sure. Because you know, you know, when you're a teenager, you're just kind of crazy. You just you really need to try things that. Uh, a, a, a rational adult would not <laughs> you'd be like i'm not gonna this is that's a dumb risk where you'll do it but that's how you learn that's how you get good although i have to say like i'm trying to do jumps now because i'm like okay we're gonna like let's so i told kobe like every time we come up here we gotta let's we gotta try and get a little better we gotta push it a you're little trying bit. to do jumps yeah, i'm trying to do jumps but like i know i broke my ass last year in mammoth but i'm i'm not but doing like even you've got knee issues 15 you don't really hurt your knees and snowboards eh. so much but the oh, um you know best i'm doing the smaller you know is, it part, is that part of the uh, dunking program no <laughs> it's just a part of like <laughs> i don't know it's just like you just gotta keep challenging yourself you know i mean you just gotta keep trying to get better at stuff it just makes it more fun than just like well i'm just gonna go down the hill you know it's like you know that's very i mean cool. i've gotten I've gotten pretty good where we go down these black diamond moguls and we can go down really fast and I'm like, okay, we've gotten pretty good at this. Let's, let's start hitting the jumps and, and, and start getting comfortable and, and good at doing that. Is the snow soft? Like, so is it, is a jump you're landing on soft snow or? It depends on which jump you are. Like it's not icy though, right? It depends. It just depends. It could be icy, icy, maybe not the icy, but I don't know. I mean, I just like, just don't try and do too much. I mean, like I, when Colby and I did that mammoth, and we were going with these big jumps, and 
I mean, there were bigger jumps than we really should have been doing. It was the mistake. I mean, the problem is, I, the reason I hurt myself is I did three of them in a row. And so I, I usually would go the first one, and then I would go around the second one, so I had time to kind of square up a better. And the second time, I went, I landed, and then I didn't have quite enough time to square up, and I lost my feet out from under me. And that's I'm just imagining Jason's voice, what? <laughs> doing those jumps. Yeah, no, I don't. But, um, yeah, anyway, it's, that's one of the fun things when your kids get to a certain age and you can do that stuff with. With them, you know. Well, it was really nice. I I brought Jack round uh, to Jason's. Just listeners to to let you know, I brought Jack over to Jason's house this morning. Spent an hour here or whatever, and it's he's at that age where it's not inconvenient. You know, it's it's actually kind of fun. Mm-hmm. He was playing with your kids. Well, yeah, he's really, a super cute kid. I tell you, the girls really enjoyed. They were just like, he's so adorable, he's <laughs> so cute. He's like, I don't know where he comes from. He's he's just like straight out of a like an American. He's got really long eyelashes. Yeah, he's, he's just a, he's a he's a good looking kind kid. Of, good looking yeah, kid. he's he's like uh, he's he's from a TV set. Yeah, he know. looks like that's what I said. To you. Like, he's like like, like an all American kid, you know. Yeah, he, well, like, he looks like he could be. You have it kind of long. His hair is kind of growing out, kind of long. I mean, he looks. He like could be he could a kid be. on the seventy that seventies show, or you know. Yeah. Yeah. Good looking kid. Um. Yeah, so no, my girls enjoy playing with him because they just like they like babies and little kids. They just so they just. Yeah. Well. So what's um. Because the health corner. Let's talk wait, about wait, health. wait. One, okay, one quick thing. Ahead. One quick thing. Um, this this tech that I saw. Um, that's it's it's basically this chip that um, it's like emanates uh, waves and enables you to control um, tech just by you know in the air. Uh huh. And I it, it's it's been available for a year and I don't know why we haven't heard much about it. It's called Soli. Um, it's mm-hmm. a Google project, but like already they're doing stuff like this. You know, let me just just watch it for a second there. Interesting. You know. So already they've got that level of control. Wow. So I think I think that we're going to start seeing devices where you don't need any kind of um, control. You can just put your fingers in the air and do 3D gestures. And this this is looking great. What they've got going on here. When are we going to get our um, our wireless charging for like for the mouse and stuff? Like oh that? yeah. When that's, is that coming? Well, that that's already there with the with the latest line of Macs. Really? But the latest line of iP- iPads. Yeah, iPhones. But stuff. not for the like the mouse. Uh, no, not for the mouse. That's that's what's just annoying. So, um, speaking of the speaking of um, tech, so Colby and uh, I. Yeah. Oh, go on. No, I'm just showing you the the film. Yeah, nice. No, yeah, see it. Yeah, see. It. So you just make. Yeah. That will probably work out really well with um, a VR system. Yeah. You know. So that coupled with the VR will, yeah, so you can see all your motions and everything. Um, so we'll put that in the in, on the show notes, a link to that. The um, so Colby, he had made a little money from some, I don't know what Sandy and he work out deals. He makes money for doing certain things, and so he 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 made a couple hundred bucks, and then he made some money. Remember, I, I was having new programming challenges. Oh yeah, yeah, that's how you get. And he kind of stalled out after a while. I mean, and part of it was him and part of it was me. I was just so busy that I was having a hard time coming with taking the time to come up with challenges. And um, he's like, with well, that, I want to take this money and buy a computer. And he found that he could actually buy it, build a decent computer, you know, with the money he had. And it was like, I think overshot a little bit. Like he owes me about five programming challenges. <laughs> but um, he, um, he ordered it. So we got we got let's see all the stuff on the desk over here. Yeah, I can the, see. It looks like a computer lab right here. Yeah, so he, he we got like um it's pretty cheap though. We got like a what do you got? About a twenty got a twenty three inch flat screen. Um 
got uh, this is a, a the Pentium what 3.5 gigahertz dual core processor. Got like a was it here? We got the uh, gigabyte. Is it is it GTA. a gaming machine or does he have any products yeah, in mind? I mean, he mostly wants to game, right? I mean, that's yeah. what he wants to do. So he has my old iMac from. Yeah, that's not that's not gonna or cut something. it. And he's been frustrated for a while because he says, legs out, I can't play this. I can't play a lot of the games he wants to play on it. And um, and he's like, you know, wants to get a Windows machine. I'm like, really, a Windows machine? And he's like, you know, he doesn't care. You know, so he, he just wants the speed. He just wants the speed to play video games. And I think for for video games, the Windows are, is a lot, are generally a lot better. Yeah. So, um, but it's just amazing how cheap it was. See, the whole thing costs 640 bucks. I know, crazy. You know, I mean, is, that, build, is that high enough spec to do like, um, you know, Oculus? I think so. He got really high, good stuff. I think the, like I said, a 3.5 gigahertz dual core is pretty good. He got a this gigabyte GeForce with GTX, blah blah blah. Graphics card, card with two gig, gigabytes of RAM. I mean, nice. that's pretty good. I mean, that thing, that whole thing cost 125 bucks. Use that for a mining rig. Yeah, I got, yeah, Zach got four gigs of RAM. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that seems to me like he's for 640 bucks. Yeah, I think he's ready to roll. Um. So let's hear what's the. I don't have anything. Justin's I don't have health anything. corner. Well, you got the Fitbit. You were pointing oh, that. at that. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, good. Tell you have, you have something to say. Cool, cool. Um, How much do you sleep a night? Yeah. This is good. This is good discussion. <laughs> so basically, remember last time, what was it two shows ago? We were talking about. J- oh, no. Yeah. Just at the very end of the show, Jason showed me his Fitbit. Mm-hmm. And I just went, I was like, okay, I want one. So I went home and did it and got one straight away. Um, so look, here's my. Um, Here's my stats. I've already seen your stats. You Let don't me need see to my show st- me. Let's compare them because I, I don't remember. I'm going to update. Like, mine, are, mine are Hold really up. not great, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so we're just comparing sleep time Let's stats. do sleep. Let's do sleep. Hold on one second. I got the stupid ad popped up. So let me do uh, sleep. So I had a nice seven hours and 59 minutes last night, but. I mean, I've been su- become super aware about it and I try and shoot for seven hours every night, but I, I rarely hit that. Um, Ready. So it looks like I'm about six hours and 40 minutes a night. Six, eight, six, 39, five, 48. Oh, that's a bad week. Six, 36. You're even worse than me. Six, 14, six, 51. Yeah, it's not good. You know, I need to try. And, and I feel so much better when I have, have seven hours. Like it makes a huge difference. So the three month or let's see. So your average is six hours and 16 minutes. Let's see, mine is, how did you get this? I just clicked it on yours. Wait a minute. How did you, how did I get there? Uh, you click on the screen, the, 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 that little large, enlarger thingy. Oh, yeah. So mine three minutes. So I average over three, oof. This past month, it's six hours and eight minutes sleep. And me? Six hours and eight minutes. What the? What is it? Six hours and eight minutes. Well, both of us. Oh wait, no. That's for this week. That's for this week. Oh no, you're six hours and thirty-two minutes. Okay, so I'm doing better than you. Three months. Hold on, three months. Three months. I'm a little better than you. I'm six hours and thirty-five minutes. You're six hours and sixteen. So no, neither of us have anything to be proud about. We're not getting enough sleep. Okay, at well. all. Like that is not good enough. <laughs> well, let's let's have a look at heart rate, which is one one thing that I do. Well, I know, but you have this like abnormal like heart condition where you have your heart doesn't even beat. Like so, look. So that's my average heart rate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So five fifty-five, roughly. But yeah, but if you go back a few weeks when I was doing swimming, 
52? Yeah. So you quit already again? Yeah. <laughs> I've got to, I've just got to keep focused on it. It's really Jesus. difficult. Well, it's because I get, I get stuck into doing nugget, you know, I get stuck into working, uh, you know, doing different things. I know, I know why you do it. And just, it's just really difficult to maintain you've it. You've never been able to, to, to do it. So let's see calories. How many calories do you burn? Jason's, look, so basically Jason's going through the Fitbit app, which is, which is really cool how it tracks everything. So I'm going to look and at he's your comparing calories. both of us because he's not competitive. I mean, but what's, what's hilarious is like no, this, no, this no, super no, no. athletic guy like Jason is comparing to no, me. No, no, it's not that bad. So you're, you're, for the last three months, you're at 2,550. I'm at 2,783. So about 220 calories more um, than you do. So ah, it's not great for either of us, really. I mean, I should be. When I'm, when I'm actually going to the gym. I try and do more I mean, steps. Yeah. Mine, have, mine has been bad because I haven't been like... Um, my working out over the holidays and stuff has been crap. Um, but on days when I go to the gym and I teach class and I walk to school, I'm blo- I'm working, I'm burning like 3,400 to 3,600 calories, mm-hmm. you know. But days like today, like when I don't do crap, when I'm just working, I mean, you know, I mean, it'll probably be like 2,500 calories. Same for me. It's kind of garbage. But steps, my steps though, during the week... Well, either I walk to the gym or if I walk to school, I can I can usually get about ten thousand steps. Yeah, I've never really been able to get ten thousand. I set I've set eight thousand as like so you know there that day are nine thousand. Yeah. It but it really depends on if I'm watching Jack and we're going to a park or something, then I can get a lot in. But I never really go below four thousand, five thousand. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like barely doing it, shuffling around the house. <laughs> shuffling around. One thing I do in get your, a lot in your of house, is... Shuffling the house, uh, the house in your house coat. Every day I do at least 20 or 30 flights of stairs. Do you do that? Oh, why? Because you have stairs yeah. in your house? Yeah. Oh, I don't think I do that much because we don't. I don't have stairs in the house. Okay, that was... Uh, okay, every day I do between 10 and 20 flights of stairs. <laughs> After that's looking good. at the actual stairs. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So has it helped you lose any weight or not? This is more mm, just a curiosity. Not really. One thing that was good was when I was tracking every every piece of food going into the system, that made a difference. But um, yeah, I'm going to do it once Nugget's released and once the thing's released, and uh-huh. then I'm going to circle back and focus on yeah, that sure, stuff. Yeah, sure you are. Yeah. How, how, have you gained or lost weight over the last year or two? Where are you still? I'm pretty similar. I'm, I, I hover between 225 and 230. So right now I'm like 227. I weighed myself today, you know. I'm pretty much just stay at that same weight. If, if I, if I like try, you know, really try, I can get down to two, two, three, you know, if I'm focused for a couple of weeks, <laughs> but I'm just like, I'm not really moving out of that zone. Are, are you still doing the super slow? Yeah. That's one thing that I'm always consistent about. Cause it's so easy. I'd really like to bump up to twice a week and I would, and I, I, I could do it, but it's just expensive. It's pretty expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I get a, so I, 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 I plan to start this week. I'd gone to the gym a couple of times, but the next week is when I'm going to get, I'm getting serious. So Sandy came out of the gate and she's like, she just, so I give a little bit of like heartburn. And so I have to take like a pill yeah. for that or whatever. And she's like, I don't like this. You need to, you know, we need to fix this with what you're eating or whatever. And so she's like, well, you can't have this. You can't have this, have this. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I can't have orange juice, I can't have coffee, I can't have Diet Coke, I can't have tomato sauce. I'm like, what the hell? I mean, 
That's just that's that's that was suck. That's what you live off. That's Jason. I mean, that's like some of the staples, and so like I can't have pepperoni pizza. I can't have orange <laughs> juice in the morning, you know. So, by the uh, way, but I told her, what's that? We're running at two hours ten. Yeah. So I told her. I said, <laughs> I said, I tell you what, you start working out regularly, you know, in the week, and I'll do this. We'll do this together because she. I mean, she's in. She's not overweight or anything, but she doesn't work out but i know yeah. like when you're in your 40s you really need to start maintaining your muscle like you don't want to get in your 50s having not been doing resistance to training and stuff because you really mm. start losing your bone density and your muscle mass yeah and it's hard to get it back so it's like you know in your early mid 40s it's time to really just like get the habit going of, of keeping your muscle strong yes that, well that's why strength training is a great thing to that's do right yeah that's right as a, as a, as a, i yeah. love it i really do like that strength training it makes Where do a you difference go? where's the place uh, it's called the perfect workout where um, it's just in the middle of Pasadena. Huh. Yeah. Cool. So what else we got? Any other highlights? Anything we forgot to talk about? Uh, no, but, um, I think we've done enough time anyway. We've yeah. put in our time. That's right. We didn't cover any articles. Were there any like killer articles that you were thinking about? Um, Not maybe, really. but none, none that spring to, none that spring to mind. I mean, it's a great time to be living. There's so many, we're, we're sort of on the cusp of some, some of the things that I've, you know, that have been written about in science fiction, you know, like the whole gene editing thing like life extension stuff. Like I want, you know, the only charity that I do donate to is Sense, <laughs> you know? And, and Aubrey uh, de Grey. Yeah. And I, because I just think like, I want that. I like that guy. I like what he does. Yeah. I want to give him money to just keep doing what he does. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I get little updates and it's, uh, this is, this is good times. I think great times in terms of tech, even that tech that I just showed you right there, you know, we're going to be able to control things just by, Gestures like in the air. Gestures, but also it's this it's this fine tuning of like rubbing your fingers together, almost like a like you're turning a watch mm -hmm. a watch winder, you know, that gives you that sort of fine tuning motion. It's kind of that's kind of be, amazing. Yeah, that's gonna be a big deal. Um just that life is great. Life is good. You're coming you're coming to 2018, optimistic, yeah, excited about the future. Blade Runner was set in 2024. We're not going to be quite at that level by 2024, but no, and the robots aren't going to be close. But we're going to be, you know, we're, some good things, some things that they hadn't anticipated are going to be there. Yeah, like I don't think they had smartphones. It's funny how smartphones have just like this whole branch has just taken off. Yeah, you know, like um, to you know exponentially more than anything else, really. You know. Yeah. But that's yeah. probably going to circle back and give us other technologies. You know, like that whole computing side of things. Anyway, yeah. big, big data. I'm sure we got big data out of that. Out of smartphones? Out of um, social networks and, you know, lots of people putting in information yeah, into big I guess. systems. Well, that's sort of the byproduct of a <coughs> big consumer internet, I guess. Yeah. You know, that's probably true. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, you're right. Let's, not, let's cut it. Two hours. Well, uh, yes, yes. yes, this is over two hours. It's a long one. All right, that's a wrap. We're out. Yes.